22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. I'm going to do an experiment. What's the experiment? Ah, uh, see, okay, I was wondering. I said, the show can't go until I speak again. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to uh, the 22nd episode of your favorite podcast. I know it's mine. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, I am the host, The Cap, with um my two co-hosts, Mike the Finance Guy. Oh, my darling Clementine. <laughs> and that warm-up we had before got us in a singing mood. And um, the other co-host, Ralph the Tech. You now have my permission to die. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's It fun. sounds like you, you might die first. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the trigger? <laughs> that impression died. That's what happened. <laughs> uh, just, my voice is a little sore. I've been coughing this whole week. Oh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Well, I, I, well say, I told you that that pipe is going to be harsh on the back of the throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what we're calling it now, pipe. <laughs> Where's my broom? Come on. There we go. <laughs> I feel like I got to call it. We, 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 should, we should hire a drummer. <laughs> yeah, with all that money we make. Right. <laughs> I, I heard Quest Love is available. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, Ringo Starr is probably not doing much of that. <laughs> For all the new listeners, because I know my girlfriend is a new listener. She's an old new listener. I want to do some distinction uh, or distinguishing right now. I want to tell the difference between the bells before we get into the quick news. This is the, what is it? The pedophile bell. This is the creep bell. Okay, so you notice one one is deeper than the other. <laughs> and um, the last one is you've gone over the limit. Oh, my God, you OD'd bell. Which is really a gong, I suppose. <laughs> I'm sorry. A gong. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Huh, that's a- that should have been in last week's um, movies Movies in the Sucky Bowl. Oh, I forgot all about Mortal Kombat, too. Well, the second one. The second one I felt like was sucked. The first one I was okay with. The Mortal Kombat, Armageddon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that was the bad one. Wait. wait um, but then they didn't They do... What was the other series they did a movie for? Um, was it Mortal Kombat? It was another one of the fighter series. Not Street Fighter. Thank God. It came out... Um, few years ago just so it's you know within the last 10 years oh dead or alive dead or alive yes. they did dead or alive yeah, yeah they did it was very sexy oh because <laughs> that, that would be the only way to describe the movie because it wasn't a good movie otherwise. <laughs> all right so it, it made me wish for like the sequels to mortal kombat <laughs> <laughs> so you know we got a lot of things going on so let's get right to it let's hit up mfg mike the finance guy hopefully with not some dead or alive news but some quick news and now, the quick news with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph and Cap. It's on now. <laughs> <laughs> We've been having a little bit of technical difficulty over here, but you won't know anything about. This Cap moment was brought to you by <laughs> RT Square. Ralph the Tech. <laughs> well, I had said, hey, let me hear the music to, uh, to lure me in, but of course, I just got the finger. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong one, too. Okay. Bringing so, you sub-quality tech support 24-7. <laughs> sub nice. Subpar. We should have noticed that in the, in the logo before we hired. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, this is the quick news, and we got some quick news going on here. Right. Um, as people may have been hearing, Paul Bettany is going to join the Avengers as a physical being this time in the Age of Ultron movie. He's going to be the Vision. That's right. I, I read about that. Yeah. Uh, Paul Bettany, if you are not familiar with him or think you're not, 
He was the lead in Priest and in Legion. Yes, those are two quality movies. I was about to say oh. two movies I didn't see. Yeah, they're, well, they're they're well, kind of horror movies, so you wouldn't have seen them. <laughs> Priest, just saying, you wouldn't have seen them. Priest isn't that bad. Legion, Legion, wait, Legion, good movie. Legion is the one with the angel, yeah, and the Priest is the one with the with the with the priests and the, and the vampires. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, they both yeah. looked horrible. Yeah. yeah. Well, Legion, Legion should have been make, a good movie. It, it it really didn't make much sense. No, it didn't make much sense, but it, it should have been a good movie. But um, also, what's interesting though is that Paul Bettany. Um, has actually been with the Avengers stuff all along. He was the voice of Jarvis for all three Iron Man movies. That's what I heard. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So yeah. then, then, so he goes from being an artificial intelligent voice to being an artificially intelligent. So there's not going to be any Jarvis. Could you imagine the Vision interacting with Jarvis? He's talking to himself. It, wouldn't, it actually wouldn't even surprise me. You know? <laughs> I mean, he, he can double dip. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Where is it? Where is it? Goodness, oh, he's the slowest guy. He he lost his job at the comedy club. How many years ago? <laughs> well, you see, what happened was, you know, those rim shots just kept hitting me in the head. You know, <laughs> keep your face out, keep your face out of her ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so now, I mean, is there any more details about um, Vision himself, like how they're going to design him, or they just said, okay, we're just going to have a, a no? They're still kind of closed lip on how all that's working now. Um, the fact that there's an Ant-Man movie, but I don't think the Ant-Man movie per se is tr- is trickling into the Avengers movie. In other words, I think it's all one universe, of course, but I don't think that they're going to have like uh, Michael Douglas's Hank Pym wander all over. Right. First of all, I don't think he could live that long. But uh, <laughs> and without his Walker, you know. I mean, uh, um, so I, you know, I think right now the rumor is is that it will be a Tony Stark creation. Okay. Both he and Ultron probably, you know, which I'm not happy with. Especially since you're introducing Hank Pym. You think they're going to make him like mostly computer generated and just have his voice? Because, I mean, um, the Vision is does have like a red face. Right. Or, or they're just going to put a, a helmet on him? or I don't know. I mean, they, you know, of course they didn't give any, uh, any snapshots of what he looks like. I would think that it would be simpler for them to just do that. Do a face mask. Right. Modify that slightly with CGI, but then just let him be the robot. Because I think it would have to cost far more to create an animation, I would think. Yeah. One more question before we move on. Yeah. Do you think that the Vision is going to have artificial man parts, or <laughs> oh, yeah. or any man parts? Because it's kind of like Ken. Ken, when you know, when you had Ken and Barbie, and you had Ken, and you were like, "Where is the rest?" They'll, they'll just give him a bulge, and then let you let you have like uh, let your imagination go wild of what it is. He'll, he'll have artificially intelligent jock itch or something. <laughs> um, no, I mean, what I'm already surmising is that. Probably, you know, well, he'll be a creation of Ultron, um, I, I believe. I mean, if they follow that plot. And I bet you since Scarlet, which is in this movie, they'll right away start into the how she saw something. He sees something in her and vice versa. And that's probably what's going to turn him. Gotcha. That's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. I hope they don't do that. I'd, so, I'd rather there be a progression of their odd love affair than boom. There you are. I love you. And I'm going to now switch sides. Unless, un, un, well, switch sides. Well, maybe maybe he falls in love with Quicksilver instead. <laughs> it'd be it'd be different. Fuck it. No, they'll, that, they'll that probably, would be different. They'll probably just have some sort of a triangle love affair. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> creep bell, creep bell on that one. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Okay, <laughs> moving along. Alrighty. Um, some news for the Fantastic Four. This reboot for me is just getting weirder. Um, wait, the the movie reboot. Yeah, the movie reboot of Fantastic Four. Okay. Um. Okay, so far the, the, the powers that be are denying the earlier rumors that uh, had it centered that, that the movie was going to be centered around Reed and Ben as childhood friends that gain powers, become property of the government, and then eventually meet Sue and Johnny. That's been denied that that's not going to happen. Thank God. Yeah. 
But now things that get weird is that officially cast as the Human Torch is Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, that's the black guy. Yeah. From The Wire and Fruitville Station. Now, fine if you're just going to go whole board with this and maybe right. give me, you know, you know, Angela Bassett as Sue Storm or something, you know, I'm, I'm fine. But, but so far, I mean, now they've had lots of trials, but so far currently vying for Sue Storm are Emma Rosen from Shameless. That's Fiona. Yeah. White woman. Yeah. yeah. And Kate Mara from House of Cards. That's Zoe, the Zoe character. Another white woman. Maybe they're adopted. I, I mean, again, I don't know where they're going to go with this. I, I'm like, what's the purpose of this? And, and oddly enough, too, they keep saying in the articles I read, I'm not saying about uh, any contracts, whatever, they keep calling him Human Torch. They haven't quite said he's Johnny Storm, so I'm wondering where they're going to go with this. So what, is the original Android Human Torch? I mean, well, they could, but I doubt that. I mean, I just think that they might, maybe they'll change a name or like, you know, like the cap said, maybe he'll be adopted, you know? Well, I'm no geneticist or anything, but is it possible? It's, by the way, it is true. Ralph is not a geneticist. <laughs> <laughs> is it possible for a white man and a black woman to have uh, two kids and one come out white and one come out black? Yes. Yeah. All right then, so there you go. Yeah, it's but possible, it's possible, but... but you unless there's a purpose, you don't usually try and confuse audience too when much. you're writing it that way, <laughs> right? Again, I agree. No, no, and I, I agree because I mean, I mean, I remember when I was younger and I would used to write it stories and stuff like that. And you want to be cool, so you're just like, you know, there's a black guy and his name is Angus Lee. You know, and you're like, <laughs> people are just like, you know, I get that you're trying to be ironic or whatever, or maybe you even know someone that really is that name and is black or or Hispanic, even with a name like that. Or, or but black it's guy just named not, Seamus. Right, but it's just not believable. <laughs> unless there's a reason for that in your story. Right. I, I was just thinking about that, too, because when I work with the kids at the school, when we talk about um, creating films, they always want to be so different. I feel like Marvel's going into this idea where they're trying to be so different and trying to push the envelope a little bit more and trying to shake things up so much. And Well, you know what? It's not Marvel. Excuse me. Fantastic Four is not Marvel. Right. Well, that's Fox. Right. Yeah, that's Fox. Which makes more sense. Yep, there it does. Yeah, because yeah. Marvel would be like, well, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, yeah, we like black people all we want but we're not gonna make johnny storm black if anything they probably may make thing black right if they were gonna shake it up but you have a brother and sister tandem just making one black and one white see it, it starts throwing too many things in there to to te tear you away from the story right with the thing it doesn't really matter he becomes orange anyway <laughs> <laughs> but also remember that ben grimm is jewish right S what a black guy can be jewish <laughs> Sammy Davis, yes, yes, yes. Who else, who else do you know that's black and Jewish? Huh? I have a friend, black, black Santa, Jewish guy. <laughs> My friend Mikael. <laughs> You're just making shit up, Mikael Johnson. <laughs> Mikael, he sounds like he should be Spanish. <laughs> so what else you got there, Mike? Um, let's skip over to the DC world. But I don't know. If I, I don't know if anyone has uh, been reading, or heard, I think it's only on the second issue now, anyway. But has been reading Justice League three thousand. I didn't even know that was out. Yeah. I was there the even a Justice League 2000? Or um, one? If, if there, 99? There shouldn't be any at this rate. <laughs> but Justice League 3000, I, just a quick one, it does take place in the year 3000. And what you uh, get is these heroes that their costumes are different, slightly different, but they seem to be our heroes, our basic heroes. So Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, and right. Green Lantern. Um, but, and, and you meet... Jan and Zena, but they're not the same Jan and Zena that we know from Super Friends, but that is their name. Do they still transform into water and animals? Um, again, I only read the one issue and you couldn't pay me to read another one, but no, they did not. And they hate being called the Wonder Twins, even though they are twins. Did you read it or did you buy it? I did both. So you paid 
for you, they they couldn't pay you to buy to, to read it because you paid to read it. Well, they couldn't pay, they couldn't pay me to buy the second issue. Um, you say that now, but then you're gonna have the whole series. No, no, no. So I don't even own the second one. But I just I just figured this was interesting for people out there that have read it and are probably thinking everything that we're all thinking. Like, okay, these are clones somehow brought into. And Keith uh, Keith Giffen, uh, Giffen, excuse me, who uh, is the writer, he's emphatically stating they are not clones. And in fact, and this is the only reason I brought it up because I thought it was interesting and not interesting all at the same time is he stated at an earlier comic book convention, this is a quote, the first couple issues, the comic will lie to you about how they're there or at least make you believe something about them that isn't true. But then in the fourth or fifth issue, you'll learn how they really can exist in the 31st century and it's probably one of the darkest places I've ever gone. That last sentence for me just goes, it's a comic and you put somebody in the future. How dark should this damn well be? Like, I'm like, where are you going? Like, now I don't want to know. It, it's so dark, you can't even turn on a flashlight. It, it's so dark, you can't even see what's ahead of you. That's what he's saying. <laughs> I'll figure it out by the fourth issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. You know, and I'm just like, look, no matter what your payoff is going to be, it's, it's going to be stupid. He better not just not pull off an M. Night Shyamalan. What the tweets? Maybe they are actually clones of M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that would be a twist. <laughs> that would just be horrible. No, yeah. because then because if they're M. Night Shyamalan, then they're going to get together to make a movie. It's going to be bad. <laughs> With a twist. <laughs> I've right. got a great idea for a movie, The Third Sense. Uh, <laughs> I had that same movie. Let's combine it. <laughs> oh, God. God. All right. <laughs> Anyhow, to end my quick news. Um, AMC, known for The Walking Dead and Mad Men. Yay. And Sony Pictures, <laughs> known for ruining Spider-Man 3. Um, <laughs> they have greenlit the Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon comic series called... The Preacher. Just Preacher, actually. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wanted The Preacher. Okay. Then, then you stick with The Batman. Can we, can, we, can we do that again? Can we do it again? Go, go ahead, Mike. Give, 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 me, give me that again. They greenlit the Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon comic series known as... Preacher. That's right. Comma The. <laughs> so preacher um for what anyone doesn't know about preacher and it's it's about uh jesse cutter is the star of the preacher series and it's a it was a finite series it was it was ongoing but it had a conclusion involved to it it's about a, a, jesse cutter is a bitter texas preacher who gives up his on his faith but he ends up involved in a religious mission to find god who has abandoned his post and he's joined by an ex-girlfriend and an Irish vampire. Wait, wait, God is an actual person and he's like a guard. Well, God or isn't down here on earth now, but he abandoned his post in heaven. He's oh, he, okay. basically he's abandoned being God. That, that sounds And he comes to this preacher? No, he the preacher ends up by circumstances having to find God for other people. Right. right? They, he has to find him. So God is more than one person? No, he has to find God on this planet. Right. For a group of people that have sent him on this mission. Okay, so someone goes up to this preacher. It doesn't, not quite like that. A washed up preacher and said, hey, God's here, go find him. If they know God is Vaguely. on earth, then... Well, they don't know where he is. If you keep trying to make it simple, you got to keep <laughs> fucking this up for people. <laughs> or, or better yet, read it. <laughs> I remember you and I had a discussion about, about Preacher the other a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about shows that should be um books that should be shows and i remember you said you didn't like preacher as much yeah well it just got tiring i mean i i thought the concept was excellent and i thought the um because when i read it i read it in uh, trade paperbacks so i would say and i think it's because i don't have the information in front of me i, I want to say maybe somewhere between nine to eleven paper uh, trade paperbacks is the is and, it a complete run though the series yeah oh yeah it's, it has a beginning middle and end it's a, it was a you know complete told story and i think i made it through five of them 
and it just it wasn't that the story itself got bad or that it went on too long it's garth ennis who also did the boys right i just get tired of his constant use of uh, of profanity yeah. and, and shock value yeah and... like because the shock value of his use, use of profanity doesn't work after a while and then it just becomes it feels it starts to feel badly written to me right because people i mean i've met people that curse a lot and no one curses like garth ennis's people do <laughs> Yeah. To the point that, like, you know, at first, I think maybe if I was 13, I would feel so edgy, you know. But as an adult, it just gets boring. So how does it end? Um, I did not read the end. And, and I'm not really that curious. And here comes Ralph the Spoiler to make an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> how listen, does it end? Fucking listen, guy. By the end of one show, I will make both of you a spoiler. You will make it, please, whatever. <laughs> uh, 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 but just uh, uh, to add on to that real fast, uh, to, to end that quick news, uh, Seth Rogen is set to produce that. Wait, Seth Rogen? Yes. As in knocked up Seth Rogen? Yes. yes. As in the guy that also just produced uh, This is the End. As in <laughs> Seth Rogen. Isn't he also the Hornet? The Green Hornet? Yes. You mean the, the crap Hornet? Yeah. I, I, I still have not seen that movie. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I couldn't yeah. even try. I, you just can't. It's one of those, again, you couldn't make me watch on the so, bed. So did you Did you mean to put that shitty bow on that fucking gift you gave us right now? <laughs> <laughs> you That's like, just in case anybody really wanted to see Creature. <laughs> just to let you know. And Seth in case Rogen you want to see it, Seth Rogen is the producer. <laughs> that, so we'll see how so it goes. But uh, Translation, read the comic book. It'll be better. <laughs> yeah. But it's also shocking that it is on AMC. Um, it will actually be, it's not just produced by them and, you know, run by them. They, it actually will be on AMC. I think originally they did want it for HBO, but just whatever, whatever did, didn't happen. Oh, it's because they wanted the nudity for HBO. Probably. Yeah. Because definitely there is that. And there, probably the that, extreme yeah. use of profanity also would be allowed. Yeah. Right. You know? I mean, now I think you can only say shit and bullshit. I think it's as far as you can go. No, you can say asshole. No, but I mean, I'm talking about of the severe curse oh. words. I think shit, Wait, shit is a severe curse word. And for bitch. TV, yeah. for TV, yes. Bitch. Well, no, not bitch. Bitch has been allowed since the since late seventies. Since the late. What 70s. about asshole? Asshole is not a severe curse word. Not well, not certainly like um, shit and bullshit. No, okay. yeah, that's the because la- if you notice, you can't even say shit and bullshit on network television. Wow. You can say bitch and you can say ass. I don't know if you can say asshole. Though. Listen, that I shit is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of shit, <laughs> I don't even like where this is going already. <laughs> And, well, and stop well, sitting on my sofa. <laughs> <laughs> As I smear to the left and smear to the right. I'm going to spell my name. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, that's all for the quick news, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know the past couple of weeks, you know, the quick news has been longer due to when we took the break and then, um, oh, when we took the the the, the break when, when we had final, um, um, technical difficulties and then the next week, we had a bunch of stuff also, so it's good to have quick news that's quick. Yeah, it would have been quicker without the explanation, but yes, quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I'll say is this. Speaking of shit, let's go into phase one of our podcast. Um, when did this movie that I'm going to introduce come out? Uh, February 4th. So February 4th, um, Warner Brothers or DC Animation decided to come out with um, another DC animated um, movie, straight to DVD. Called Justice League. Whoa! <laughs> good God, y'all! Oh, what, what is it good? For? You guys plan not this? watching. <laughs> <laughs> and I know everybody who listens to the podcast who know us very well can be like, "Oh, here comes a slam fest." Let me give you a warning. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> the slam fest that is uh, approaching is coming from and uh, yeah, and Mike the finance guy, not from Ralph the Tech. 
yeah, proceed. The slam fest does. Uh, it probably will get you know a warning shot from the WWE at this rate. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, G would love that. G loves everything. <laughs> I can't even make a G joke now because I'm under pressure. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know Mike and I have certain feelings about this movie, and of course, Ralph Ralph is probably going to six score to death. So let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about this movie called Justice League War. Am I wrong to assume that MFG has a synopsis? Um. Yeah. Actually, you are wrong. I, I didn't even think about synopsis. I'm so. It was that bad. I, it just made me so angry. But um, quick synopsis is Justice League War is the animated uh, attempt to restart the animated movies into the New Fifty Two universe. In other words, if you watched uh, Justice League Flashpoint, that started. That's what leads you into the New Fifty Two, and this one is the start of basically the hero part of the New Fifty Two, meaning. That in this movie, we get the Justice League first getting together. Right. So all the characters meeting each other. And they have, um, you know, they have to fight an inter- interdimensional or I should say, no, interstellar. Yes, interstellar. Uh, alien invasion from conquering Earth. And that's really the synopsis right there. All right. Cool. So, I mean, and that's law, um, shortened to the point. All right. Let's get into it, gentlemen. Justice League War. How'd you feel about it so, um, when you after you saw it? Well, let's just start with the RT squared because it, I'm sure he loved it. He loves everything. <laughs> what can I say? I'm a loving guy. <laughs> All right. I found the talking, the banter between the characters. It was kind of funny. You know, Green Lantern, he has his few little quips because he's he acts uh, like he wants to be in the limelight and wants everyone to like him. And then when shit turns out wrong, right, and he's like pouty like a little kid, you know, when Batman's telling him what to do or when Batman's outshining him. Even though he has no powers, right? And he's like, "Oh, I could have done that." Or, See, I, I was I, just about to do that. See, I don't. I did get the feeling that Green Lantern wanted everyone to like him. He wanted to be in charge. Yeah, well, he wanted them to immediately respect him being in charge. But yeah. at the same time, the dialogue they gave him it it didn't give any indication of that. Like I, I thought he was completely childish. Yeah, I didn't find his dialogue. I felt that way about about Hal Jordan also. Now I, I will agree with Ralph. I will agree with Mister Six Claws himself that the the quips are funny. But after a while, just like um, your boy um, Ryan Reynolds, who played Green Lantern, right. after a while it gets kind of old and tired. And also what they were joking around about kind of got old. Yeah. All right. But, but, but just, just real fast to interject, if anyone's wondering, um, the humor was identical to all of the, I would say, last 10 to 15 years um, animated and movie versions of Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. It's that same <laughs> yeah. stupid mentality, yet this guy has one of the most powerful weapons of the universe on his finger. Yeah. Until it gets taken in one shot. But he gets it back. But it <laughs> makes no sense. Just like in the book. I mean, a lot of this film does recreate um, the first six issues of the Justice League that was rebooted two years ago. But just like in that book, a lot of it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There was there were a few other funny parts, especially when uh, when uh, Green Lantern and Batman are chasing down Superman, right? Mm-hmm. And then Green Lantern's like, uh, Batman's like, I'm tracking him. And then Green Lantern's like, how are you tracking him? He's like, do you have a satellite? And then Batman just looks back at him. He's like, oh my God, you have a satellite? Yeah. And he just and you just see that bat smile. It's like, the smirk is like, yeah, that right. I got a satellite. I'm fucking Bruce Wayne, bitch. I guess I guess I had a problem with that also because I did like that moment, but it was also like, well, would Bruce Wayne really smile in acknowledgement to somebody who he's not, 
he's not even really his friend. I think if they were friends, I could see him doing that. But And I'm getting nick. I don't want to get too nitpicky. But what I'll say is well, I felt that, that for a beginning, for an origin, for two people not to trust each other and for him to turn around and kind of give that, that smile like, yeah, I'm that dude. I don't think Bruce Wayne is that dude to smile at somebody well, to show off. I mean, it just shows his modesty. He's like, in his, in his, how he's humble because he's like, you know. He's smiling but, at no, him. That's, that's, not, not, that's not humble. He's that is humble. No, that's a smirk. He smirked back at him. That's he the, smirked, that's but he didn't say, thing. damn right, bitch, I'm a fucking well, billionaire. But that's what a smirk does. I mean, <laughs> that's no purpose. Let of me smirk. throw. Let me throw it out this way. Let's say it's let, a humble smirk. Let, <laughs> let's say. Let's say. And this would never happen. But let's say Ralph was married, and I fucked his wife. And Ralph goes, "Cap, did you fuck my wife?" And I turn around and smirk. That's fucking. <laughs> that's not fucking humble. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad no, you all understand that. No, no, no. Because then I would be like, "Why are you smiling at me? Did you fuck my wife?" No, because that <laughs> smile should tell you. I'd be like, "Obviously, you didn't see the first time. Let me sh- show you the smile from the other angle." <laughs> it just, like I said, it just didn't make sense. And um, for the Batman character, I mean, yeah, again, not being too nitpicky, but at the same time, you have to be nitpicky. These are heroes that we know, and we understand these are the first time that they're they're meeting each other. And also, um, by the New Fifty Two rules, this is soon after they're making they're they're making appearances slash where you know the world is knowing about them. It's it's just one of those things that you don't expect out of Batman to be playing into Green Lantern's childish games. You know, yeah. it's it's just a, it's a little much. Like, like I said, at one point he literally takes Green Lantern's ring from him, which yeah. since there's a protective aura around Green Lantern, makes no sense. And even if there he's wasn't that good one, of a thief, man. that's not good. That's impossible. Well, that's, that's, again, no, the he's just, that you know, good. I think that I agree with you, Mike, about you know you know how can he take this about around him if he's got this protective aura? But I guess when he set the precedent, well, when Batman says you know explains that it's about concentration, how he uses the ring and that he's not concentrating, it shows how much of a rookie Green Lantern is in this universe. Now, I didn't say I like it, but I think that's what... Yeah, but also it's just, good thief or not, a good thief can pickpocket off of somebody as long as we're not talking about it's taped to their forehead. <laughs> you're taking a ring off of someone's finger. No, you're going to feel it. There, There's no way... Because his hand would have to be bored... Before anyone interrupts. His hand would have to be bored straight, no knuckle involved, and the ring would have to be larger than his largest knuckle. Think about that, which means it would fall off his finger for you to take a ring off without noticing. Think about a ring on no, your no, finger. No, no, no. Right. I, 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 right. The so, face is not that right, I'm right, believing right, yeah, you. Yeah. I'm just like, so, you thought about this too well, deeply. Well, no, it wasn't deep. It's just my first reaction. In other words, anyone's telling me that you've taken a ring off of someone's finger, it's like, well, that's not believable because it wasn't like he took the ring and he noticed it immediately. He didn't notice it until Batman showed him. And his costume disappears. Right. You know, and I'm like, there's no way you get a ring off someone's finger and not have them notice it unless the ring was already too large for his finger. All right. It, it's just ridiculous. Now it, we know Mike, the finance guy, alter ego, Mike, the pin, the pickpocket guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, just, it was one of those things that, because it was so early on in the movie, it also pulled me out of the belief of the movie. Because what they were trying to do, of course, was show us that Batman is just that great. Well, yeah, no. well, you know, let's 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 not go so nitpicky yet. Let's go overall pros and cons. Okay, right. so what'd you like about the movie overall? I, I'll say I'll throw it on the table. The action sequences were great. They moved really yeah, well. Um, if you didn't think about the characters, who was doing what, and some of it was cool. If you you know, some of them were consistent with who the characters were, but overall, the action moved fast. 
It looked really well. I mean, it looked it looked well, great. The artwork, the artwork was great, and the colors were great. Yeah, you know? and, and just the way like they chose different vantage points, except the Wonder Woman one where she's flying into the plane and she's fighting the the, the um the parademons. Yeah, the parademons going into the plane when it, and they're doing her first person view how right. she's flying into the plane and right. it's like it, it felt kind of it felt kind of stiff. Yeah, it right. felt like you were playing Doom. Well, it, was, it was a video yeah. game. It was a video game feel. Wink, wink. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's one in the in the plans. Um, yeah. You know, but I mean, I like the I like the drawings themselves. You know, I thought the artwork was it was excellent. Um, I thought, like you said, the visual effects overall I thought were good. You know, the other effects that weren't just the uh, that weren't just the strict drawings. And um, I thought the story, as much as I didn't like the story, I didn't think the story was engaging. But I thought it was at least a cohesive story. It wasn't like I didn't it didn't jump around unnecessarily. Right. Um, and I thought the voice acting was good, except for Green Lantern. I mean, I just it's not just about the dialogue. I didn't like his voice either i didn't mind green lantern's voice and the one i thought that i was gonna mind a lot of but i actually warmed up to was batman yeah i had no it's problem because you you're a diehard uh Kevin conroy, conroy fan. fan absolutely conroy but even on any of the other batmans they've done in the other dc specials i've, I've liked even the batman brave and the bold i like that batman mm-hmm. oh. you know and it's a different style but still it's fit the guy does the same voice in, uh, in the, the justice league movie i was telling you about Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I don't see. I don't have an expectation for Batman's voice. I mean, as far as the actor playing it, I just have an expectation on its sound, the resonance of it, or whatever. Um, you and, don't want. You know, same thing with. Uh, well, no, not that. That, that would be one of the. <laughs> that would be one of the examples of what I didn't want. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's the same thing with Green Lantern. The fact that he is basically, you know, the ultimate police officer of space. He's supposed to have a, a sound of authority, you know, and he didn't. He, he didn't at any point, he sounded like a kid that was trying to play grown up. And again, I don't care if this is your first outing out. You know, he had to have training. He's, he's military. Right. You know, so this is not, we're not talking about right. literally I gave it to a 15 year old kid. It's like, no, he's been trained and he just wasn't authoritative. All right. Look, what happens is, all right, so he was a test pilot, right? Mm-hmm. Hitting all those G's, got to do something wrong with your testicles. Right? So <laughs> I had to like raise it up. So it raised his voice up an octave or something. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm Green Lantern. You're supposed to do what I say. <laughs> what I'll also say, I, I think on, on a positive note, before we go into a slam fest, um, I felt the, the the costumes, or I'm sorry, their uniforms, they, they looked pretty good. Um, Green Lantern's yeah. uniform, I like the little, you know, the the little things they added to it. They added the glowing parts of it, but didn't make it like the movie. Well, I think any artist would have quit if they tried to make it like the movie. <laughs> I mean, um, Wonder Woman, even though I argued initially, like, I didn't like it initially. No, I don't like her costume. But it's it's it, not her costume. But And I'll tell you this much. And it was something that um, I was talking with Troy about. Shout out to Troy. Um, I was talking with Troy about, you know, Wonder Woman. And he goes, but think about how functional Wonder Woman's, if you go with classic, you can go with something else. But, you know, the, the, the one with the jeans was born and the regular Wonder Woman outfit, it's classic. It's not functional. Especially if Wonder Woman has size C breast, she's going to be falling out at some point. There's going to be some something on TMZ that people are going to be watching. <laughs> and today on TMZ, Wonder Woman has a nip slip. <laughs> so I, I, I got what, when Troy said that, I looked at it in a different way. I said, all right, all right, I'll, I'll give it that. You know, it's not functional for fighting if you, you know, the, the original one. So if you see the one in Justice League War, it made more sense to fight it. So I'm like, all right, I get right, that. But considering it's not the one in the book, it's not like, for instance, someone went through a thought process and said Wonder Woman couldn't fight in that outfit because then that would redo the outfits of every single woman in all of the creation of comic books. Boy, it's a more Wonder Woman, though. <laughs> right, but I'm just saying, I mean, it just it wouldn't make sense anywhere. So, I mean, that believability level, to me, didn't work. In other words, they just changed their costume for God knows reason, and probably my thought is because it's probably close to what it's going to look like in the movie, I bet you. 
Probably. Probably. Uh, I mean, and again, not because it has to, but only because if you went out of your way to change your costume for no reason in a movie, and then you have another movie come out in a year and a half, it's probably getting me ready for what I'm going to say. I think it's also, I think it's kind of what you're saying, but I think, I don't think that that's the one they're going to use. Like you're saying, it might not necessarily be the one that they're using, but they want to start the thought process going. They're like, okay, let's start thinking about this because we have the movie coming up. Let's see what they come up with animated and then maybe we can branch out from there or not. But, you oh, know. Well, let's put it this way. Back when they were supposed to be making a Wonder Woman TV show and we, you know, everyone probably has seen the clips for that and she has her like, kind of like those leathery, dark blue pants, pants on. What does she have in the comics? Yeah, lo and behold, she had pants on. Yeah. What a shocker. And they just said it was just a change they wanted to do. And then the the TV show didn't happen. And what happened to her pants in the comics? It went back. They went away. You, you, what happened? <laughs> well, they, well, the pants went away, yeah. Well, yeah. Here's here's the true story about that. All right. So what happened was Wonder Woman, she was really getting a draft. Oh god. Right? So she's like, you know what? I want some pants. So but then after she got the pants on, it's like, oh no, 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 this is way too hot. I just stick with my regular stuff. So that's what happened. Is that the, is that the way it works? So that's the way it works. <laughs> like Wonder Woman, I think her outfit I'm just looking at you like <laughs> anytime Ralph begins a story, we already got we should already put our tongue in our cheek because that's where the story is going. Go ahead. The thing Go ahead, is Mike. never get about the the Wonder Woman costume though, is that and, and it says something about I won't say it as Americans, because it's not Americans that are making this choice. It's men only. Men in DC that are making these choices is that her costume is suddenly it's always up for it's to this it's not enough that it's it should be less of this i mean it's she's got to have one of the most odd costume changes and not like overhauls usually it's she should have you know her ass should be hanging out okay only half her ass should be hanging out okay somehow the front should be cut up that it's just basically falling inside of her oh well maybe give it a little bit more room i want to see more cleavage a little bit less cleavage falling but, uh, inside of her yeah the way it's cut up, the way it's cut up front <laughs> well that's like know, dental floss in a few years in a few years that's what she's, she's going to be wearing an american flag bikini well, I mean, she she has basically for the most part. Yeah. You know? And again, I don't have a problem with them making her showy. It's just that you can just see it's always this moral decision that someone's making with it. Okay. You know, but again, I just didn't like the change. It wasn't so much that I thought that the change was sexy or less sexy in the movie. It's just that it wasn't her costume. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, why didn't we just you know dress Superman all in orange? Because that would have started an argument about people going, well, that's not his costume. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but well, Superman Superman's costume is a lot more iconic than no, Wonder no, Woman's. No. They're equally iconic. They're not equally iconic. Let's put it this way. Run into anyone on the street. They're both. And, says, and say, what is Wonder Woman's costume? American Eagle? I mean, or an eagle? Red, white, and blue. Yep. With but, the stars and stripes yeah, on their panties. But, but if you had both changed, which one? We, which which group of people would have, be moved? Ah, English. Start again. Okay. Who would be more, more up in arms if you changed Superman's costume or Wonder Woman's? You but, got a little bit of roar from, from Wonder and, Woman. And that, once again, is... A shining example of the people that there are, because all the changes they really make to Wonder Woman's costume is they just make it slimmer and skinnier. And guys, did you, you want to sluttier? <laughs> no, I was actually I wasn't even thinking that. I was just I couldn't think of the word skinny at the time. But uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it just and guys just go, "Well, that looks fine." I'm like, "That looks believable, evidently, <laughs> to you." <laughs> you know. Anything Anything positive you want to add before the slam fest begins? Well, I just thought overall it was a good movie. You know. Like you said, storyline, the action was good. Okay, I agree with the action, okay. And I also liked the way that the characters interacted with each other. It, it seemed more like, because, you know, since the team is starting out, you, you know, there's that friction within the group. There's like Absolutely, okay. You know, th- that they, they have their little fights between them. I mean, in the beginning, Superman is, like, kicking uh, Green Lantern and, and Batman's ass. And it's like, 
when when would you ever expect Superman, Green Lantern, and, and Batman to fight each other? You know, you're done. <laughs> Press the gong. Begin the slam fest. <laughs> Let's go, Mike. Do you want to jump on this one, or shall I get? Well, I mean, I'm just I was listening to it. I'm like, you know, the, I don't think their interaction is believable. Um, just because we know we know their backstories from the history that's now been erased. Just because you meet another hero doesn't mean you instantly become a snarky bastard, especially in the middle of a full-scale alien invasion well, that is wiping out, you know, basically the the Earth. Hey, they didn't when they first met. There wasn't an invasion yet. Oh, that they, yeah, there was. That's what started. Well, the whole well thing. some no, of them. No, no, no. So I know what you're saying. Some of them had already met before the invasion. Yes, because you figure. But well, only Green Lantern and the Flash had met. Green, Green, Lantern, Green Lantern, Batman, and Superman. No, 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 no. Batman and Green Lantern meet because the Parademon has left something. Yeah, but he's, yeah, talking, he's talking about before the, the actual The actual invasion has an effect. Right, I'm talking about yet. the fact that the aliens are actually invading our Earth. By My, this Mike's point, saying yeah. because the actual event of these um, the mother boxes being there, you know, yeah, already. I'm, I'm talking about that we're starting in, we're in the beginning stages of the invasion. Right, That's okay. what I'm talking okay. about. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. And you're dealing with aliens, which, except for Superman, there aren't any aliens on this planet. And everyone seemed really calm about that, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, no. Well, Green Lantern would be fine because I mean he's an alien. He would be the only one. Well, and Superman shouldn't because he may be an alien. But you know, I'm I'm a man, and if I saw another man beating the shit out of a bunch of people, I still would be shocked by that. You know, <laughs> so you know, just because you're an alien doesn't mean like you accept all aliens. So like you know, everyone just to me was seemed very. By the way, including um, going to the lab that uh, that Cyborg's father worked in, Star Labs. Yeah, the Star Labs. I mean, you know, they're working on aliens and. And I'm like, okay, you do understand you're working on an alien creature. <laughs> no one seemed very plussed about this. Well, know? I mean, at this point, this has already been established that these superheroes have been, a while, have been around for a while. No. The superheroes, no, this is, again, the, the reboot of their universe is this is five or six years before what we're in our current world. So remember, Batman is only a legend. No one's ever heard of Green Lantern. I mean, I'm not talking about like the Flash. I mean, the world's never heard of Green Lantern. Superman is known about in Metropolis. And Wonder Woman has basically just met the president of the United States, so she's just introduced to America, which also I found weird is that there was a protest about her. Yeah, but then it's But yet at the same time and you're like, Well then what did she do that you Why are you protesting her? her, right? Yeah. You know, so Well they said apparently she caused some damage. Right, which quote, is unquote. off movie. Yeah. So we don't know to what extreme this happened considering that Superman seems to cause a lot of damage and yet she seemed kind of surprised about Superman. You know, that it was kind of offsetting in the storyline because I'm like, well, the world does know about Superman by this point, but yet she doesn't. And she's been here. Dude, she, she didn't even know about ice cream. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, and by the way, just getting off her costume because, I mean, that wasn't my problem at all with the movie. Her five-year-old attitude. I mean, she was as dumb as a five-year-old and as bipolar as Liza Minnelli. Wow. <laughs> you know, she was. I mean, you know, she would just be sitting there like, I don't even know how to tie my shoes. Wow. Let me kill the fuck out of you. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, think about it. She was the only one. I mean, everyone else is beating up demons. She was slicing them in half and stabbing them in their faces afterwards. Yeah, because I guess she's a woman and, and severing their head. Yeah, yeah. The only the only person doing that was the woman. Yeah, well, you yeah. Know, she she's technically technically she's the she's the only warrior though. That's the one thing I'll say. She was the only warrior. Everybody else were superheroes. She was the only person who was like bred to fight and kill. I mean, I'll give I'll give that to DC. I get that concept because the rest of them they fight, but they're not trained to kill. She's trained to kill. She's a warrior. Why did they train a five year old to kill? <laughs> because if they trained her that, they should have trained her to read Dick and Jane. I mean, that's my whole like thing with it. It's just that yeah. they just went like you said. They went along the oh, she's an Amazon. She's trained to kill. I'm like, 
But that doesn't make her stupid. No, but no, but also she's not exposed to to, to Western culture or any culture. So I, I there's some of the things that I'll forgive. But wait, it, it was wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that I'll take you to Japan, and you'll have let's say some I don't know mochi, one of their desserts. Yeah. And you're gonna go. This is mochi. This is the greatest thing, Mister Mochi Maker. If, you should get an award. If, if you took TV from me, um, internet, magazines, all kind of exposure, yes. Because remember, really? you, you think our founding fathers talked like that about corn and turkeys when they found them here in America? They Hell about, yeah. They, they talked like that about fucking Indians. Are you serious? <laughs> you, you think they talked like five-year-olds. I'm no, not talking no. about surprise. Yeah, but we're not talking about, I mean, I understand you're talking about, you know, what she said. I'm saying I, I'm okay with her being wowed by it. But, right, oh, but right. here's what, but Exuberance here's, is fine. But here's also what I'll say. Why was there a need to show that in the movie? And, I, and that's where I'll... That's well, my problem from, It's from the comic. The, it, the, it, I, know from, I know it's from the oh, comic. Like, excuse me, I'm just saying it's from there. Like I said, again, they should have shown her exuberance. Like, wow, I'm... Like, like in all the renditions of Wonder Woman, for the most part, um, it's always, wow, America's very interesting. Wow, that's, you know, unusual. Holy cow, women don't have the same power here like they do on my own. That's amazement or exuberance of, oh, wow, I can't wait to meet the so-and-so. That's normal human mature exuberance. Her reaction to ice cream, which, you know, and, and then everything else was just, it was stupid. Well, I, I guess, I mean, once again, she's supposed to be young. And and you can say this for all the characters, that because they're young and also, you know, because they're young, they're, they're trying to go for a more immature reaction. But also remember the audience they're pitching it for, which is obvious with the ice cream scene, with um, the snarky jokes here and there. It's funny because, and, and I feel like DC com- sometimes can be schizophrenic because, they will pitch it for a younger audience, but throw a shit word. Well, that's what I was just about to say. Now, you, you, that's my whole point I'm going to lead to is you're telling me they're going for a younger audience. They use the word hell. They use damn. They called Wonder Woman a bimbo. Okay. Yeah, they called her yeah. something else. Um, a whore. They called her. I would lead to that. They called her a whore. <laughs> and Cyborg says shit. So, no, you're not going for that audience. Once again, Cy, why I'm saying these, he's, I feel like with this movie is schizophrenic because... The humor is sophomoric sometimes, and then there's well, other the story times, was sophomoric. The and, but then, story, but then yeah. when you have the you know um, certain interactions, like whoa, that's a little bit of a more of a like when they called her a whore, I was like, oh shit, yeah. they called her a whore. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, and once again, it's 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 a really interesting example of the mentality of the men that are in charge over at DC that they don't see a problem with this. I mean, if if I mean flat out, then why didn't they just say? To cyborg, like, wow, look at that nigger in the in the computer. Oh, because fuck. I mean, it. What? Why did you not stop? I mean, would that not be a reaction in Cause, real cause, world? Because it came out in Black History Month. If it would have came out uh, any other month, they would <laughs> they would have done it. Obviously, the PG thirteen ratings are have been very relaxed because the movie is rated PG thirteen. Well, PG thirteen is why they use shit. That's okay. what allows it in there. That's. I mean, the moment he said shit, I knew it. Even though I didn't see the rating, I knew it had to be PG thirteen. And I, I have read before, and it is very true. The reason why studios like PG-13 um, is not so that they can use the word shit or something along that line. It's so that if you say something's PG, especially when you're talking in the teenage years, when you say PG, the people that are 15 and 16 say, oh, well, this is something my baby brother should be watching. Okay. And, when it's, and then the baby brother age thinks, oh, this is something that my older brother and sister wouldn't watch and I want to be like them. The moment you put the PG-13 rating in there, I see you're saying, yeah. the older ones are like, oh, it's for them, even though, like you said, the rest of the story is still childish. And, you know, I'm not saying as a parent that, that I would want my child. I mean, I'm not a parent. I'm sorry. But if I was a parent, <laughs> I'm saying if I was a parent, I don't know if I would want a child 
you know, watching a movie like this with, with those examples that are just used in there, but a parent might say, oh, it was just a mild expletive or that shit was only once. Right. Um, so that I don't mind my 10-year-old watching it. So now the 10-year-old feels older. So that's why they go for this PG-13 rating on a lot of things. All right. All right. Um, moving along to some of the things we don't like, because, um, I mean, I've got a bunch, and I know we're not going to get to all of it, but no, no. I, I want to hit like the major points. Ralph, how did you feel being that you liked the movie? How did you feel about Batman revealing his identity at some point to explain why um, they're going about this battle? And going through, and at that moment, I don't want to spoil it, but he goes through explaining to somebody his origin to, just before he goes on with his plan. Well, let's not say explaining. He, in the middle of the street, in the middle of a battle, takes his cowl off and then explains his origin. Well, because well, he has to do it in order to get, you know, to do his plan where he's pretty much a Trojan horse. If, uh, okay, so he couldn't have changed in an alley or, or, or he couldn't have turned just, his head and bent over. Or, or he couldn't and, have lifted his cow a little bit. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm Bruce Wayne. And no, then got well, the, the he was doing that in front of, um, was it Green Lantern only, was yeah, it? In the middle of the fucking street. <laughs> a, there's a fucking invasion going on. No one's going to be looking in the middle of the street. <laughs> That's what exactly mean, where I'm looking. Right, the, the people are all wandering around. In other words... Let's put it this way. No, the people are in their house trying not to get kidnapped by freaking parademons. So you're basically saying that he's an intelligent man that can't say his name and explain his story without taking his mask off in the middle of the street. Pretty much. Yeah, that, that makes him now the dumbest character past well, Green Lantern in the film. Well, it doesn't matter because Green Lantern didn't know who he was anyway. But again, so then it really didn't matter that he took it. The whole point is, well, no, why did he take off his mask makes no sense. In order to yeah. camouflage himself so he can get That's captured. great, but he could have done that at any point. That had no, because the, the, the parademons would have killed him if, it was, if they saw that it was Batman. He, he could have done that anywhere. He could have walked away from Green Lantern. It's a matter of time. It's a matter of bad story he writing. Was, he <laughs> was trying to conserve time. He's like, you know what? These parademons got to get me. Okay. I got to do this quick. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. You said he was conserving time? Yes. So conserving time is me taking off my mask and standing up and have the parademons take me. Yes. Conserving time is not me taking off my mask and then going, I was eight years old and I had just left the movie theater with my parents. And then they got shot. That's not saving time. That's a backstory that you would save for after an invasion, not in the middle of an invasion. Well, no, it's because he wanted to impart some wisdom onto the Green Lantern. Again, so no, Ralph is not over saying it made no sense. And you know, I'm going to jump back on Ralph's side for a second and say, okay, I can understand the thought process behind it. Like, you know what? I've got to get Green Lantern to trust me in order for him to execute this plan. So I have to reveal myself to be able to get him on my team. But... It was yeah. done wrong. No, <laughs> but and, and, and like said, it was no, done it, how it was no. done, and that's what it will be. You want to gain the trust of someone after, because now they are truly in the middle of an invasion. But this, I don't, is not, this is not the beginning part of it anymore. This is now they are literally ripping up the streets. It's not time for me to turn. First of all, you don't need to trust me. I'm about to go on my own and risk my life. So he wasn't asking Green Lantern to trust him at all anymore by this point. Yeah, but he, he was, but, 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 if he doesn't trust charge. him. Right, if, right. Okay, yeah, but, so, if he, but if he wanted him to trust I mean, if he's saying he doesn't want him to trust him. Of course he did because Batman puts the plan in Green Lantern's head. If Batman would have just jumped into the Parademon and not told them what they needed to do, they wouldn't have fucking figured that out. They wouldn't have fought on the team and they wouldn't have. So, again, I mean, I'm hearing explanations that aren't making sense to revealing a face. <laughs> like I said, I'm not saying, I'm right, saying right, the but motive. That's, right, but, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. But none of them are justified of this. I'm explaining that, that Batman doesn't go around to any other heroes 
Like, tell me when. No, no, I agree. Right. Mm-hmm. Tell me how often he goes around and masking himself to explain a plan to somebody. Well, they all know each other. No, they don't. Well, they don't. The, they justice, don't. the only at, people at, in at the Justice point. League society that yeah. know each other are them. Batman's secret is the most guarded secret. That's what Ted um, Ted Cord died over in the uh, with chessmate and stuff like that. Was he didn't know? No one in the Justice League besides those guys knows Superman and Batman's identity at all. Wow. So my whole point is, how many times does he unmask himself to explain a plan? It, it just, it just was. It, it, it was forced. It, right, it, it, forced. Was, it was very forced. I mean, yes, you needed to give the Batman story for that one individual that just came from another planet and has never seen or heard about Batman. But, no, but it he, just was. It was he, out of place. He wasn't unmasking himself to say the plan. He was telling him the plan and getting his camouflage on at that exact moment. It wasn't the whole thing. It's like saying, "Hey, I'm Bruce Wayne." Oh wait, hold on. Let me tell you the plan. Right. You know? Like it, was, said, it, just like, it was, I'm telling you the plan, while I'm doing this, let me take my cowl off so I can get ready to go get abducted. That's what I, he was I just say that, that that bothered me. It was forced, and it that felt like, just, it if I was a part of the movie, you're like, really? You know, no, it wouldn't have went down that way. And like I said, I, I, I understand both sides, which is what I typically do. But I, it's like, why are you taking off your mask in the middle of the street? It just made no sense. I mean, what a lot of other things. You guys are overthinking this. <laughs> Well, we're we're tell just me trying to go in the same thinking that they're going over. He, tell me it wasn't funny when um, Superman's about to ram into him, and he's like, "You're not going to hurt me, Clark," and he stops. That was that was clever. Right, right? That was cool. And, it was then, clever. And then Superman uses his X-ray vision. He's like, "Ah, oh, Bruce Wayne." And then Green Lantern looks back. He's like, "Who the hell is Bruce Wayne?" Yes, it also showed that Superman often doesn't bother to look underneath someone's mask because that would just make no sense that he wouldn't X-ray to see what kind of person he was fighting, but. I guess Superman's not as smart as me. <laughs> well, also remember that Superman is now, I feel like he was dumb. He felt like a dumb jock. I yeah. felt like Superman well, he was, was an a dumb asshole. Jock. He was mostly a douche. And, 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 you know. damn, I wrote that in my notes. I, I was like, <laughs> I felt like he was a, a, a big dumb jock. And not that he wasn't, you know, the, the uniform looked cool, but his, his, his jaw, he was the only one I had an issue with how they looked. His head was too big. His, his jaw was too small. And his opening line talking to Batman, what did he tell him? I, you, he he grabs him after he fucks up Greenlands and he goes, so, what do you do? No, and I'm like, right. you're a little too smug there, Superman. Now, Troy and I have already had the argument over, you know, they, Troy doesn't like the whole Boy Scout, soup, the, the Boy Scout Superman image and that they should give him some kind of personality. Otherwise, he becomes like a Scott Summers and becomes boring. I get that. What do you mean becomes? Superman's been boring for 70 years. No, but I'm saying <laughs> if you leave him as, as if you leave right. him as Boy Scout, oh, no, he's that's boring. My, my whole complaint about Superman for for years has been that he's very he's a very one-dimensional character. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, character and just making someone a douche are two different things. And yeah. that's what they... Because he, he's the same way in the comics. I mean, he's just a douche now. Yeah. That's, that's his douche. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, I mean, he's a flaming douche. That's I mean, between what he does Flaming douche. That's a higher level of douche. He is a flaming <laughs> douche. Yeah. It, it's just, uh, you know, like the way he approaches, um, you know, um, talking to Green Lantern and Batman... Eventually, his douchiness calms down, but when he meets Wonder... I feel like he's a frat boy. I feel like he's a frat boy. And then when he meets Wonder Woman, it's like, oh, mine. Oh, yeah, yeah, because Green Lantern comes in. He's like, dibs. Yeah. Superman flies down and just looks at him and says, hey. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, that's another thing that made no sense, too. I'm like, okay, you're from a land of all women. I don't even know if in this origin she's supposed to be made out of the clay or if they're going down the... Um, New 52 origin where she's actually the daughter of Zeus but it's like you know she was automatically all into him into Superman and I'm like yeah. well, why 
<laughs> at no point did this seem normal for Wonder Woman well, to be. I mean, because he's, he's a strong man. He, well, he's strong right, but, like a god, you know. Right. That's the appeal. Yeah, but again, I guess because it's, it's one movie, it was just such an odd, like, let's just put the romance there. But again, I know they're trying to follow their own universe. And she also said at the end, you know, when she's comparing them to the gods. Mm hmm. And she says, and uh, you know, she says, Fastest. "I've never met anyone like you, yeah. Superman, God or mortal." That's actually what she says. Yeah, right. But she says it like, "And I can't live without you." Kind of a voice. It's like I've never met anyone. I'm like, why are you sworn? You're just swooning over this guy. I'm like, again, you telling me you don't see the Superman? first. The first guy she met was Steve Trevor. The next guy she meets is Superman. Right. But I think it, I think I can understand like, why. But, but, <laughs> again, and this is for, and I don't know how many we have, but any woman out there is. Do you, it, what they did was, once again, she's a woman. She needs a man okay. to complete yeah. her. You know, that's what I'm saying. She's an Amazon. She's a warrior. I'm not saying that she can't be interested in Superman. I'm not saying that she's well, a lesbian. Yeah. I'm saying that it was right away like this. If it, it, <laughs> if, it, if it was more like Justice League Unlimited, you'd be okay with it, right? In other words, I mean, they're creating a universe. It's not like this is their last movie. Right. You know, it should have just been like you know a they've met. A little bit more professional, kind of weary, because she still doesn't know anything much about him. And then you see their romance start to grow from movie to movie. Right. This was just kind of like, eh, okay, I get what you're trying to do, because you have Superman and Wonder Woman as a comic, and they are in love currently, and stuff yeah. like that, but, eh. But, yes, but moving off of super douche, going to <laughs> super villain, how did you guys feel about Darkseid's portrayal? You mean Apocalypse? I'm sorry. I mean Darkseid? Darkseid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he looked like Apocalypse yeah. from Marvel. Um it, he was he he went from being a decently written character normally to just being again one dimensional. He he was just I'm here for no real reason. For the first like <laughs> what was it like twenty minutes that he shows up, all he's doing is shooting Omega beams. Yeah, that's all he's doing. Which but, I have but, a problem but, with Omega beams. But also, beams. what I love though is that uh, with Darkseid, is that he was completely nonplussed by those any of them. Yeah. Even when they attacked him two at a time, like it was, we're not talking about that he struggled with Superman. He swatted them like he didn't even notice them there, and then suddenly, he's losing to them. You're like, huh? At the beginning, he's like, stop. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> My God, stop! It's annoying. Stop. It's like, it sounds like your Saturday night. <laughs> stop! Stop it. <laughs> I had to get mine in. I had to get it right. That's from last week. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But, uh, but just real fast, though, but I, I wanted to mention something else that, because uh, I don't want to leave, a, I want to touch all the superheroes, even if it's just quickly, but like that's what got me with the Flash. Like, if you notice, Batman was literally one punch or drop kicking a, a parademon, like right. one punch. The Flash literally is hitting them 20 times to finally knock the wind out of them. And I'm like, you, you realize that just by momentum alone and the fact that his, his aura that makes him not very vulnerable to these things, his one hit would just total an enemy if that yeah. same one hit his Batman. Right. But then, so you went from he could barely beat up a parademon without multiple blows to he's running and one blow hitting a, um, Darkseid yeah. and staggering him. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, apparently he was holding back with the parademons. And that made sense because Mr. Always Defending This Movie. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, you're going to defend this? Okay, go for it. Well, He didn't want to hurt the parademons. If Why? you remember, well, cause, uh, well, spoiler alert, parademons are actually people that were captured by Darkseid. Yeah. None of them knew that. They, they were just parademons. Who says they don't? None of them knew Cyborg that. knew and that. And Wonder Woman slicing them Cyborg in Cyborg knew that. Uh, not until Cy later. Oh, no, Cyborg knew when he grabbed the, the, the mother box and he, and, he, and he analyzed it, and that's when they gave the backstory. Right. So, so, so Cyborg knew 
later. Like well, I said. Not, well, not later, later, when he grabbed the mother box, which was like after he was cyborg, which right. is when he was still in Star Labs. Right, but they hadn't met him yet. Right. But right. I'm saying, so, he, but he, we're saying he right, knew. Okay, he that's knew fine. That's yeah. fine. If you so. remember the first scene when, when Flash, when the invasion starts and Flash is running into Star Labs, he's one punching the, the power demons and they're out. You remember? Mm, I mean, vaguely. But remember, yeah. you remember. <laughs> Yeah, vaguely. Well, one thing I'll say about Darkseid before we move to another character is, and it's kind of what you said, Mike, I feel like Darkseid went from being a ruthless, powerful conqueror to a muscle enemy. Yeah, he was... He was all strength, because the thing about Darkseid that makes him cool is he has a sinister side to him, he has a thought process behind it, he will talk to you, he'll talk down to you, but you feel like he's some kind of royalty, evil royalty. But royalty, right? And, and like, like he knows he's better than everybody. This guy was just like, you know, he didn't even say much. And when he did, it was just like, I don't know. I can't even compare. He was more almost like a Galactus. Well, no, actually, to me, he was like a Silver Surfer working for Galactus. In other words, he just, like you said, he was muscle. He showed up, but you at no point really felt that he had any goal besides right. to dominate the planet for somebody else, not for himself. Right. I, I, I kind of felt that yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. It was just, like I said, it was, again, it was and, just. And he was cool. Don't get me wrong. Writing. The fight scenes were great yeah. and he was, it was fun to watch, but you just didn't, he didn't feel like Darkseid. Yeah. And then they even seemed like they toned down the power of his Omega Blasts. You mean the ones that they were somehow incons- send you back in time until they they, they, they don't? Yeah, they were inconsistent too because when, when, when he's when he's trying to shoot shoot two of the heroes with the omega beams, Flash is kind of zigging in and out, and he's making the omega beam hit tons of parademons. So you mean to tell me it hits a parademon and it and doesn't stop? It keeps going, going but it hits two. But it's Superman and it stops. Right. It's like, and I had, I had and mind you, that's not a big issue. Wow. But it's like, or, or how about when uh, he runs through the parademons and then. Flash just stops as if he knew the beam was just going to end. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to talk about conservation of energy and whatnot. That wouldn't explain whatever you're about to say. <laughs> you're, you're just trying to sound smart, but go for it. Let's hear you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, of course, going through the parademons is, is going to take more than one, right? But when it hits... Why? Super, huh? Because the ener- there's still energy. It doesn't take up all the energy of the blast. You know, it'll go right through them. They're not invulnerable. But when they hit Superman, of course, Superman has that invulnerability. So, of course, it'll stop with him. Yeah, but you know how many parademons it hit? He's not that invulnerable. I mean, he's, he's that invulnerable. It was but... like seven. I counted. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was like seven. All right. <laughs> what do you guys feel about Cyborg? He was badly thought out. I mean, he's always badly thought he was out. Like, but... It was like he was a, a snake molting throughout, though. Because like, when he first starts out, he's like big and bulky. And then as it goes on... You know, he starts like shedding his skin or whatever. Sh- the- shedding the, the rest of him that was on him. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was interesting, but it annoyed me. I just wanted him to be close to what Cyborg looked like. I'm like right. And then eventually he was. I, I just thought his, he had his the third story. Eye. Yeah, his story and his reasoning, it was very after school special kind of lame. It, it just didn't work for me. You know, the fact that, because once again, he evidently knows what's going on with his dad. I'm like, okay, well, there's an alien in your dad's lab. And you're whining because he's missing your football game, but that's supposed to be touching to me as the viewer to understand why you're throwing a hissy fit and then rip the control panels off of the alien that they're watching. Like it was just one of those stories that I'm, I, I just thought his motivation was weak for grabbing the mother box and becoming yeah yeah. yeah. It just it was just one of those weak things that I'm like I'm you're, in other words you're my hero I'm supposed to be behind, but you're really just a self-centered selfish brat. 
and I'm not getting the the warm fuzzy feeling I'm supposed to. I don't get. know if I got that because I guess I guess for me I felt like I know what that is to to have to feel like your father is invested in something else well, or any parent. I mean, yeah, we so, know so that. I get that, but I do agree with. Okay, so you're gonna get mad at that. So you're gonna grab the thing that's right now being experimented on. You're, you're in college, aren't you? <laughs> but that's but that's, what, that's my whole thing is he's not a child. That's what that's what I'm leading it. It's like so yeah. I mean, I get that you resent that your dad never shows up at your sporting events. That's fine. But again, the the I'm not talking about trying to give him a psychological backstory. I'm saying you're telling me this was his motivation as to how he became cyborg. It just it, it just wasn't a good showing. It's just kind of like. Well, the only thing I'm seeing is that your power that you end up with is a result of you being a brat. Right. Well, you know. Let's talk about the real brat. Shazam! Oh, God. You, you mean no power besides black lightning Shazam? <laughs> oh, wait, the lightning was white. No, I don't mean it was black. I'm talking about that he had no, no other power besides black lightning. He only shot <laughs> lightning bolts. Well, he was, he was punching things, too. When they would let him, unless Superman was on the seriously, if Superman was on the when he was on the scene, if you notice, he almost never punched anything anytime Superman was there. Well, he said, yeah. you know, Superman's here, let him punch. I can shoot with lightning. Yeah, it makes no sense. But once again, it makes no sense. In other words, we're trying to take down this enemy. We have two of the strongest mortals on this planet, and the other guy's just going to keep shooting lightning. It's. I think what they did was they had two hey. characters that were too similar, and they couldn't figure out how to give us a story about that. Right. But then that begs the question of why they put Shazam in there because Aquaman should have been there instead. Well, we already know that Aquaman's going to have his own little movie. Right, but that's not, you know, explaining storytelling. <laughs> that's not tucking in Mike in bed and making him feel better. Well, let's get him his bottle and warm up his milk. <laughs> but, but, but again, it's like every explanation that I'm getting so far when we're talking about this is, it's it's just like saying, you know, like, you know, why did, you know, why did this person go on the shooting speed, da, 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 da? Oh, because there's evil in the world. Okay, that's not an explanation as to why someone did something. That's just a gloss over. I mean, you know, <laughs> well, you know, and as, as when I'm watching a movie, I don't expect a gloss over. You know, I just would like a reason for something. You know? And unfortunately for that, they just didn't. You can't handle the reason. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I just didn't get a good reason as to why they played the Shazam character the way they did. You know, well, they played him. I mean, they play him way immature. And if anybody should have been immature out of that whole group, it should have been Shazam. But I felt like he was almost too mature between him and. Um, how Remember Jordan cooing over, right. cooing over um, Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman. And it's just like, okay, we're done with the cooing over her. And you could do it in a, in a way where it seems a little bit more like, I don't know, believable. Well, also, don't forget that I mean, he's, it's, it's not really okay with Shazam doing it because there's two things. First of all, Billy's only a 10-year-old kid. So he wouldn't be kind of cooing in that way. But also, Shazam has the intelligence of um, Solomon. Right. And Zeus and the wisdom of Solomon and the intelligence of Zeus and all the other characters. That's why he doesn't act like. In other words, Shazam isn't a little child when he becomes Shazam. He is an adult with the, the wisdom of Solomon by that point. So that's his cooing then made no sense to me. Like okay. they, they tried to have it both ways and didn't work. With right. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I didn't like the cooing at all. I just felt like it, it, it once again it reminds me who the audience they were trying to pitch some of it. For. It also told us who wrote the story. <laughs> Men. I mean, again, it's, I keep leading back to this because it's just, it's just. <laughs> The comic book industry for years keeps saying, well, we don't know why we don't get more women involved in the comic book industry. Know, you're right. You're <laughs> so right. that's why I keep making these points. It's not so much that I'm like burning a bra that I don't own. I'm just trying to make a point of <laughs> I'll like, give you a bra. That, I mean, I don't own it. but The one that you have on? <laughs> <laughs> Gee, this fits nice. <laughs> now we all know that the cap cross-dresses. Well, now we like to separate. apologize to all the cross-dresses. <laughs> you know who he and she is. <laughs> 
But I, I, I agree. I understand what you mean because I, I know that in the 90s, I mean, it was a really, really big problem. And it, and you would have felt it died down in the 2000s, but it still meant – it doesn't mean the problem ended. Right. You know, because, I mean, Power Girl's outfit is like, what the fuck? But that's <laughs> off girl. topic. Um, right. <laughs> all right. So is there um, anybody – anything else you'd like to touch on before we go for the big rating? Mm, oh, let's talk about uh, DC's plan for Superman going forward. Is is he now just a super killer or what? Oh, yes. I mean, G- is, that, is that DC's now going ahead plan? G said that. that. G goes, wow, two, um, two times in one year Superman kills somebody? Well, I mean, it wasn't <laughs> – it wasn't really Superman. He was still coming off of that mind control thing. Right, but again, why? You know, in other words, what, what, once again, they just made the Superman's capable of killing. Well, he's the strongest thing on the planet. Of course he's capable of killing. Well, you know, the whole point is he's the, supposed to be able to fight that and nearly kill Dasad, but then because he's Superman, fight the programming and overrule it, not just snap a neck and then move on. In other words, they're... they're they're making him a killer. No, whether no, he's the no. one in control. They're not, trying to show weakness. You know? They're trying to show that he that, 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 that he is vulnerable. So I get that. They, they, they're trying to show. They're trying well, to give him vulnerabilities because other than kryptonite and magic, you really don't have anything much. Right. So, but, but again, okay. So they're then, making uh, him a dark boy scout. But but then okay. So you're giving him a vulnerability. So his vulnerability would be to be taken over mentally, correct? Psychic attacks. Yeah. Right. Or, or, okay. However, yeah. So the fact that he was taken over was your proof of his vulnerability. Him killing somebody is gratuitous what killing somebody's not proving he has a weakness he was already taken over we've proven his weakness the killing and having superman kill is for what purpose it's not serving a purpose besides this it's because fake thought that is making him is sweet well also because i mean you know he he could punch i mean when he's superman he could just punch anything let's say he was in that comatose state and he's knocking things over well superman not being taken over by dark side would do that um, you know him growling. Well, that could be the pain, but I think that that um, that killing was symbolic of yeah, he was taken over definitely, and this was not Superman's doing because Superman, if he was of his right mind, wouldn't be able to do that. I think that's what what they were trying to show because everything else could be like, well, how do we know if he was you know still in no that 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 neck snapping was symbolic of no, he's still under the mind control and he can kill Batman at any minute now. Watch out, kids. Yeah, yeah, I, but again, it's it's. I don't know. I mean, I think you just don't like that. They, they well, took it that far. It, and I agree. It's not about not liking there. I get what you're saying, but then it's almost like you're saying the only way to no, prove I'm, and exactly that. Yeah, that not exactly. Saying, yeah. If you're not saying it's not the only way, then there was no reason at all to have Superman kill. You see what I'm trying to say? I, if, I, you're te- if you if you could show me there's only one way, then I'd give it to you. But there wasn't. Yeah. And once again, but also like, just like, like, like Gigi even said, twice in a year, Superman's killed. Yeah, well, one, well, one, <laughs> you know? well, one was one was of of him being of sound mind and body, but, just in a, in a bad situation. Right, but we're this, still talking this DC is, writing. This is the killing of the first year because it was last year that he killed. Has it been a year? Oh, sh- well, yeah, because oh, we're, we're in 2014. Well, this is within a calendar year, I guess, or a year, I should say. G, well, just corrected. You should kick his ass. Actually, and take, and take actually, Gigi is correct. It has not been a year since the movie came out. Wow, she said twice in a year. This right, me, me, meaning in the year. You using a calendar? The she year. Didn't, she's she's she didn't say the year. She didn't say the year. She's not using. She's she didn't say twenty thirteen. <laughs> Good save, Mike. Who knows? And I, we're hearing it from your account. She might have said something totally different. You weren't even paying. One attention. day we'll have her on the show, and she'll be able to stick up for herself. That's right. I can't wait for that. Day. Oh my God! Please bring down the gains down to zero. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. 
oh, what the fuck? <laughs> was that for a joke from like two weeks ago? <laughs> um, all right. As we And we could probably talk about this until the cows come home, but we got to wrap it up. So um, what are your ratings, Mike? What's your rating for, for, for war? Um, all in all, I mean, based on just whether or not you're going to be able to sit through it or whatever, I gave it four Amazons being called bimbos than beating the guy to death out of ten. <laughs> so below five, okay. Oh, yeah, it's way less than halfway of a good movie. Okay. Um, Ralph? I give it five Batman smirks. I have a satellite out of five. Wow. You gave so it five is, out of five? So this is a six claw. It's You're a six saying claw. that this is a perfect movie. Huh? You're saying it's a perfect movie. I'm saying it's a good movie. No, 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 no. Five out of five. It's perfect. It's perfect. There's not a flaw to this movie. Listen, I have my rating system. You have yours. <laughs> okay. And I'll throw out, I give it two and a half severed eyes, which you'll see in the movie if you ever get to watch it, <laughs> out of five. I do think it's there are some qualities that, you know, like visually it's good. The action's fun. And if you're not such a geek like us, you might be able to enjoy it. But when it comes to story, it kind of pulls you away. And especially if you know what the characters are about. It, 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 it distracts you from just enjoying the movie. That's why I watched it a, a, a second time with G last night because I said, well, let me see if I watch it with somebody who doesn't know the background as well. And it's enjoyable, but there's things that really bother you once you know who these characters are, even if you don't know them that well. That was a very long rating. Two out of five. I mean, <laughs> 2.5 out of five. All right, so um, we're going to just take a quick break and we're going to return to Meanwhile 22 Pages Later after I snack snap somebody's neck because I'm under the control of somebody else. <laughs> it can only be hazard, a book at a time. It can only be hazard, a book at a time. It can only be hazard, a book at a time. It can only be hazard, a book at a time. The question that is on everyone's mind. What's on Mike's shop? Shop, 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 shop. All right, here we are. What's on Mike's shelf? Mike has this, I don't know what to call it anymore. I'm trying to find different words for shelf, but Mike has this bookcase. <laughs> Something better than that. Do you have anything better than that? Is that bookcase? Wooden slats that hold up reading material. Okay, so Mike has this wonderful wooden, wooden slats. slats of, of, that That's holds on re- Mike's wooden slats holding up book and reading material. <laughs> shelf, shelf, shelf. So Mike has a shelf. It's got a bunch of nerd shit on it, and it meaning shit, meaning books, not shit, meaning like feces. So no, that's, no, that's it's on the other shelf. Yeah, Cap left that on the sofa. We already discussed that earlier. Smear, 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 smear. <laughs> that's an interesting signature. All right, so Rob, will you do us the honors and turn the Mike's favorite thing, known as the clicker, so we can see what's on Mike's shelf this week? All right. Round and round it goes. Where it stops, only I know. <laughs> Where's Mike's complaint? Hold on. In five, four, three. Oh, see, the leaky. <sighs> it only gets longer. You know, I wouldn't mind. I said that so many times before. It only gets longer. <laughs> you may have said it, but it didn't happen. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, you, know, the, I, you know, I've done that too. It's fine. It's, it's just fine that the length, but you want a little girth sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a pole vault. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what number is that, Ralph? Well, it is nine. Nine? Nine. All right. Nine. Book number nine. Number and, nine. And Mike, what? Number nine. Number nine. Yeah, that's from the Beatles. Come on, people. Class it up out there. Nah, I, don't, I don't even know about the Beatles. The who? Is that song? No, wow. the Beatles. The Who's another group. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, not nice. Nine. So, <laughs> number nine. What is book number nine, Mike? 
Book number nine is the all new, all different X Men Masterworks Volume Number One. Okay, X Men Masterworks Volume Number One. So, what does that um, comprise of? It is comprised of four. Count them four. Actually, I had to recount them, and it's five. <laughs> <laughs> Mike won't count them. Five. Mike won't count them. Five. <laughs> Mike, so, the finance guy. Five. <laughs> What, what was that, Mr. Meadoff? <laughs> I miscounted by how many billion? <laughs> oh, that's by embarrassing. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a collection of five of the most incredible stories that started off the all-new, all-different X-Men. That was, the, um, that was the changeover. They became all-new, all-different X-Men when the original team of the five members now started to include, like, uh, the Beast. I'm not sorry, the Beast. Uh, Nightcrawler and Wolverine and Storm. That's when they became all new, all different, because well, basically they had minorities and people from other countries in it. Yes. That was all new and all different. <laughs> um, this one contains Second Genesis, which was their introduction, the Doomsday Scenario, War Hunt, which is famous for anybody, anybody, anybody? War Hunt, is it the death of, um, is it the death of Thunder? No, it's not the death of. The death of who? Oh, what's his name? Thunderbird. I was going to say Thunderbird. What's the word? Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Yeah, um, I, I wanted to call him Warpath as his brother. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the death of Thunderbird. That right. was basically his third appearance and last. Um, Night of the Demon, and then My Brother, My Enemy. Okay. Ah, oh, I Which, know what that's about. Yeah, My Brother, My Enemy, um, just jumping ahead to that very last story, that's basically two stories or no, three stories leading up to the Phoenix arrival. Ah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's getting right into the Sentinels coming back and whatever. But um, so like I said, Second Genesis, it's all about the basically the beginning of the X-Men. And, you know, in that you learn how um, the X-Men got together. So you see the professor going to Germany and meeting Kurt Wagner, um, you know, as the acrobat. And you see him going to Africa and meeting Storm and going someplace wild like Canada and meeting Wolverine um, and getting the permission to use him for the team. Because that's actually he was he belonged to another government. Right. You know. So you get all that. Um, it, it, it's it's written by Claremont back when he was still excellent. Not even just good. He was excellent. He wasn't wordy. No, no. I mean, well, it was, all that stuff was wordy. Yeah, but comparison. he wasn't wordy like now. Right. I mean, it was comparison to today's comics. It was wordier, but it wasn't wordy in the sense of long-winded. It was a sense of story building, you know. Right. Um, and most of this is drawn, if not all of it, may be drawn by... Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. I think Len Wein drew some of it. And then... Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm wrong. Claremont wrote some. Len Wein wrote some. And then Dave Cochran did all the artwork. And okay. Dave Co- Cochran's artwork was fantastic. Just, they're great stories. Um, it's just, it's, it's back when the X-Men were still really in their prime. Even though this was their beginning, it was their prime. Just, the characters were still fresh. The, they were individuals. The, nobody was godlike or just ridiculously powered. Um, you know, I just showed these guys here. Wolverine got knocked the hell out by Cyclops <laughs> for pissing somebody off. You know, he got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> it's it's just a great run and it's a great starting point for anyone that has never read how the new X Men had started. Pick it up; it is fantastic. Do you think that some of the movies should have been based off of what at least one of the stories in that book? Um, off of these stories. Because see, by the time you get to My Brother, My Enemy, that begins, or I shouldn't say begins, but that's where we start to see more of these nightmares that Professor Xavier's having. And these nightmares are what led to the Macron Crystal um, event that the Phoenix ended up taking care of. So like that was all part of the Shi'ar Empire. Start, still hadn't been introduced yet and things along that line. This was actually leading up to that. Wow. Um, but I'm trying to think. 
I don't know if it needed to be in the movie. I mean, I think the ideas should have been incorporated in the movie more so than a remake of any of these books. Okay. You know, so, I think so like the, so like um, the way they dealt with character development and, and how exactly yeah, okay. how they met everybody. I think right. that would have been much more interesting. And I think in the original X Men movie from '99, it would have been better if we had gotten this all new team as opposed to the the mix mash team, mi- right? That that we got in the movie exactly. And this is the reason why when kids come to me, and go, oh yeah, the, the, one of the original X Men are, and they'll go Cyclops, Storm, and <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know. I mean, I just think that they should have... I would love to have seen Nightcrawl introduced in the first X-Men movie as opposed to Rogue or anything like that. Yeah. yeah I just think it would, it would have been a great movie. It would have been better, yeah. And if they had done it a little different with, with the actual tale and everything. Right. Now, wait a minute. That This is also the all-new, all-different X-Men that has Sunfire. Well, he wasn't on the team. He I wasn't on the team? Just, he's just involved, I think, in one of the missions. But he... Now, Sunfire, I mean, up, I, up until, like, later on in the X-Men history, he was never part of the team. He was actually... He was never a villain. He just... Well, he's always a smug bastard. Yeah. And, you know, so, like, they had met him. Actually, what? I'm trying to think. No. I don't think they've even met Sunfire by this point because Sunfire wasn't from the original X-Men team. It wasn't until All New, All Different that they met him. So I don't think they've even met him yet. Oh, wow. Point. Okay. Yeah, because I know that I remember as a kid looking at some of the All New, All Different X-Men and I thought I could have sworn that, you know, Sunfire was part of them. He probably because was visiting. For, I think there's after they meet him, he comes back with them to help them with something. But like you know, he's just. I think he, and again, I mean, this is total paraphrasing because I certainly don't think these are the words. But he basically, I think there was like, you know, you could join us, and he's just like, I have no time for you. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm important. I'm you know in Japan. You know, da 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 da. I'm their hero. That kind of a thing. My legs haven't been chopped off yet. I'm still pretty. <laughs> I'm still pretty useful. I haven't been deep inside a rogue by possession. <laughs> Power absorption. <laughs> oh, but yeah, but are you saying that Rogue is his possession or was it by possession? <laughs> well, Rogue absorbed him. <laughs> uh, well, that's usually the way it happens, right? <laughs> <laughs> and this health lesson has been brought to you by the MFG. letters M and the number 22. The letters MFG. How about that one? <laughs> trending worldwide. It's not trending anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I just saw somebody outside wait, waiting for us with a box of pizza saying MFG. <laughs> hey, that's my line. <laughs> I was waiting for you to get to it, but you forgot. <laughs> Maybe. I was just late. <laughs> uh, as always some words you never want to hear when you're dating a girl <laughs> i'm late fuck <laughs> so up uh, i mean is there anything else that you feel like that's particularly important about this particular book um important about the book it's it's really it's all important i mean it's 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 a good well it's really funny to think of it as a starting point because it really is a starting point but it is a good jumping on point to start to really learn what the characters themselves were like and to see how good they would still be in today's world if they weren't written so crappy, basically. No. So that's my that's my biggest takeaway. Just great storytelling, really. Okay, there you have it. Great storytelling about the X Men, and hopefully, eh, hopefully, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, oh, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, the cap will learn some words, and hopefully, the cap will learn some words. <laughs> This is Black Doom, and I command all peasants to take delight in the three fools known as the Skipper, Mike of the Treasury, Ralph of Practical Science. Hmm? But no one corrects Black Doom. I give you permission to address these lesser men on Facebook at Meanwhile 22 Pages Later, or on Twitter at Meanwhile 22. 
I will even allow you to view their website at meanwhile22pageslater.com. And to show my benevolence, I decree you shall listen to their podcast on iTunes for free. And now you fools have my permission to continue. Um, what I was gonna say was <laughs> after that commercial, it just reminds me that I was up talking with um G the other night and I finally realized remember last week you said you're speaking so cavalier about, about G because she's not listening to the podcast. Right. It seems like she is. Oh, then you're gonna be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you better sleep with one eye open and a gun in your hand. <laughs> no, I said no, skip episode twenty and twenty one. <laughs> but um it's funny because the reason how I know that is because she um we're watching war together and she's making comparisons to black doom and I'm forgetting that she has to listen to it. So I'm, it's not, I'm not registering that. Why does she know black doom? She hasn't listened to any of it yet. So she's like, do you think dark side could be black doom or doesn't they sound like black doom? I'm like, what the fuck are you obsessed with black doom? I think it's such a great character. So I was like, all right, all right, we got to get black doom on the show at some point. <laughs> black doom doesn't do interviews. Gigi, you may live one more day. <laughs> I have been granted my favor. <laughs> Speaking of impersonations, I forgot to do something. Yo, Doc. Okay, I'm good. Because <laughs> Kev's like, yo, you mean to tell me the entire time you didn't make one Kev reference? I'm like, <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> Wait, was that Ben Grimm? Fuck. Daughter! <laughs> All right, so what we're going to do now is talk about something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. So, Mike, could you like take it away and shit? Ah, dearly beloved, we are here one more time to pay our respects to shows that have been gone too soon. <laughs> yes, it is a sad thing. It's really my tissue. Oh, you know, they, they weren't even embalmed. They were just kind of like, you know, turned off, ditch, thrown in a ditch and like a, a light coating of dirt put on top of them. Gone <laughs> too soon. They're, they're buried with Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Jimmy Hoffa can't be found. Unfortunately, you can find these usually on Netflix or YouTube. <laughs> so these are um, talking about television shows that uh, were canceled before their time, meaning that they didn't actually get a formal cancellation or an ending of the series. Just a, oh, I wonder if it's coming back next year. Oh, I guess it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, I guess I'll begin first because mine is the shortest and probably mine will be the most scrutinized. <laughs> I'm sure yours is the shortest and most scrutinized. Wow. Wow. I, I should just be hitting buttons here. <laughs> there you go. All right. So what I'll start off with is um, I'm going to say gone too soon, even though you guys might disagree with me. Um, Thundercats from 2011 from the Cartoon Network. Thunder. 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 Thundercats. No! I said no, but okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you should have said no when you saw that. No, it wasn't. You know, I felt like because you were the one who put me onto it, and much it, to my regret. I mean, you know, it, it's it's a revamped version of the '80s um, classic um, cartoon, the, the Thundercats, with Lionel and Chitara and 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 those um, lion-based creatures that land on Third Earth mm-hmm. and have to fight Mumra, the Ever Living. Mumra, yes, the Mumra. He was pretty scary, but what's funny like is um, this version was a little different because um, they, they changed some of the things about the origin and um, the look was different because right. it was it was Japanime style. Right. Yeah. And then they also like uh, gave more explanation to how like the, the sword was created. And sword of Omens, right? Well, they gave yeah. background to the entire um, 
idea of their history. I mean, the fact that we saw the actual place that they came from, right. how First the Lionel. hierarchy went and stuff like that. I saw Thundera and, you know, you know, you, you saw um, Lionel's father as right. the king. Right. Yeah. You know, and so, and which they made Tigra now, they made Tigra his adopted brother. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like Loki. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I wasn't too happy about. But I actually, I you know, as much as I, I complain when you first mentioned it, I, I did enjoy the parts of the show that were taken seriously. Right. You know, that it, for some odd reasons, just like a lot of these Japanimation type things, they, it feels like there's this need for silly, just over the top episodes sometimes. Yeah, like those those last few episodes with just Wiley Kit. I was about to say anything with Wiley Kit, Kit and Wiley Cat. Was just insane. yeah. The, the, that, those, remember, they were thieves, and they met that thief that had a bag that could contain yeah, he, anything it wanted to. He was a, a, a klepto or something where he could see the. He steals yeah. because he needs it in the future. Right, right, right. I forget what they called it. Yeah, some kind of like a klepto something. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things about I mean, I didn't like Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat in the original incarnation. Right. <laughs> Who did? I thought. Well, some people do. They're like, oh yeah, they're, they're twins and yeah. and the fraternal twins. But what I liked about the original versus this one is that. And, and I think a lot of people disagreed with this, and that's fine. Um, what I liked about the original was that even Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat were older than Lionel. In other yeah. words, you, you got the feeling, and I mean, again, I wasn't that hardcore on the show, so I, I mean, you may know whether or not whatever I'm about to say is right or wrong. Um, you got the feeling that they were part of like the royal family's tutors, for the lack of a better word. Um, okay. And that their job was to raise him to be king. Yeah. Because um, in, in the original, for those of you who don't know, what happens is that they're leaving their planet and searching for a new one. So they're in like suspended animation. When Lionel actually goes in, he's actually a, a small kid. Okay. But they say that some aging happens. Okay. Apparently, Wiley Cat and Wiley Kid stay the same height or whatever. And Lionel grows up, but he still has that 10-year-old mentality or whatever. Well, but even, I mean, granted, I, I know it's a visual, but even Wiley Kid and Wiley Cat, they did have that, especially Wiley Kit right was the boy. Yes, yeah. Wiley Kit. Yeah. Um, he the the way they did the the white fur, it almost seemed like kind of gray temple streaks. Yeah, that's why I'm saying like you you knew they were still older than. Yeah, him, they were. They were. Old. And then especially there's one. They were just shorter than him. Really, there was an episode of, in the old one where Lionel has to go to a trial before he's actually named right. as their oh, king. That's right. I that. And and that's the old one. And because I want to bring it back to the new one, the old one I love that series because yeah. the, the trial I like that trial that was good. That I was actually really good. And it was every episode, and then you yeah. wait every week. Um. Once again, Cartoon Network decided to pull the plug on this one after, I think it's 26 episodes. It was check. that many? Um, I mean, it, it knew it was a good amount, but it didn't feel like 26. Wow. One, it says one season, 26 episodes. Wow. And supposedly, they were supposed to run a second season. And what happened was, um, they, they showed the last episode, and they, was, they were thinking about returning it, but they never necessarily announced the cancellation. And then, they got rid of it. Right. Well, I know, we, and we cut you off a little bit because we started uh, reminiscing. All of us did, but uh, so what was the the basic premise of this one? Like, what was what was our our motivation this time? I mean, we know that Mumra attacked Thundera, right? And, and I, that the king was killed. Something about the, the Book of Omens, and they find out that they have to they have to fight Mumra. Whereas in the old series, it was they landed on Earth, and Mumra was just kind of there and fighting him in in the actual in their book in this particular version of the Thundercats. They had to fight Mumra um, because what happened was because of the stones, right? Well, what happened was they they show that Mumra was the reason why anyone was on that planet because right. he was like their supreme leader and he brought them to the planet. I was about to say because the cats worked with Mumra, yeah. And then at some point they they realized that, that yeah, they turned yeah. against him and they freed everybody and Mumra was trapped. So then what happens is that 
uh, Mumra's sort of influence causes, um, he forces the, well, he makes the reptiles attack Thundera. And as Thundera falls, they say, oh, we can gain uh, our stuff back if we find the missing gems. Uh, right. For his gauntlet, which is apparently is like a full armor, or, right. uh, an okay. Iron Man armor. Right. That he has. I forgot about the armor. You know what's funny? I totally forgot about the armor. And and, and that's also I forgot when you mentioned the uh, the whole um, what do they call that? It's uh, was it gauntlet? Is that they call, what? They, no, they didn't call it gauntlet. They called it something else. I thought it wasn't sheath. Was it? I forget what they called that. Well, it was that like arm it was like his cat claw. Or something. Yeah, I'm just I was trying to think of the actual name they called it, but whatever it was. But then they started to treat that kind of like the uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Because remember now it's it housed yes. it was to house all of these stones that were powerful. And, and it had like a shield or whatever. Right. And, and it was six stones, right? No, so. three. Was, was, no, they had three. They had three, but they were in, in search for, for a couple more. No, no, no. It, it was three stones in total. Really? I, was, I seemed like there was well, more. It was three on the gauntlet, and then the sword of omens had the, the main stone. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Well, it seemed like four. more. Four. All right. <laughs> um, I, I, it's funny because I like the way they kept some things similar, like, you know, Chitara and, and, and you know, they. they they um well, made wasn't that similar. She was a priestess of yeah. But what was the old guy? The look, the look wise. Um, the, um, Jaga. You Jaga. That's Jaga. Right. Jaga. I mean, they changed some things up. Like I said, they made Tigra into um the adopted brother of Lionel. Okay. Snarf didn't have such a big part in the show. Pan- snarf, snarf. Panther loses his arms and Pan- becomes black. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we are introduced to this now black Panthro in slave chains. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but yeah, I just yeah. felt like it was a show that, um, even though people said, "Well, it kind of said what it had to say, and it should be done," I felt like there's maybe more. Like, what was her name? The 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 the, the girl that was working for both sides. Oh, I can't think of her name. P- Pomigra or Tiger. I'll, I'll I'll find something it. like that. I oh, can't her. Think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. I like I said, there were parts of the show where I'm like, okay, I'm with you. It took me two episodes to accept the new um, mythology. But once I did, I was okay with it, but it just got stupid sometimes. The name is Palmyra. Palmyra. The, my favorite episode is the one where Lionel encounters the, the swordsmith. Yeah. And it's like, a, it seems sort of samurai reminiscence, you know? Oh, right, right. Because like the, the guy, he's, he's like floating, he's a traveler, he's floating in the wind. Mm-hmm. And then Lionel learns about this story about this epic sword, uh, sword creator, and he's a swordman also. Right. He's really good, but then he gets challenged and loses, so he loses all his swords. And then right. he fights the guy that gets challenged, or that challenges that guy, and he loses the Sword of Omens. Right. So then he goes, he has to learn how to actually fight. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's sort of like a you know, like way yeah. of the samurai. Kind no, it was of thing. a pretty decent story, actually. I did like that. That one yeah. was good. Well, that, I mean, that's my that that's my um, gone too soon. Even though some people might disagree with me, because some people are just really in. Well, you know, because people love the original. I and, I love this series. I'll tell you that. You know, and but, I like the original too. But the but the but this series, I, I kind of warmed up to, and I, I kind of liked it. I like giving things a chance and and mm-hmm. not being so locked into right. the you, original. Tell the truth, you just like the the person who um, voiced Chitara. I always love Jatara. Yeah. <laughs> I always love Jatara. That's just so sad for both of you. <laughs> How we're both like, yeah, once again. Man. Yeah, that animated voice. Oh, well, it was um, Emanuela. What's her last name? Um, um, Eman- Emmanuel Chick Chickri, Ch- yeah, Ch- something like that. Chirik, something like that. I don't know. It's Italian. Yeah. <laughs> 
But she's hot. Which means hot. <laughs> <laughs> she may be hot, but then she's not getting employed again, so she can't even pronounce her name. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't got to say her last name. <laughs> That's because she won't be shouting your first name either. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to when it's in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Why, I went too far? A little more left. That's it. That's right between the teeth. Yeah, now you got it out. (laughs) Not between the teeth. (laughs) Yeah, you went too far on that one. All right, smartass. So, Mike, what was your gone too soon that you decided to pick? My gone too soon? It's that series that I I guarantee everyone is still crying about the fact that it's not around. Smallville? Um, (laughs) If you just read season 11 like everybody else, you won't be missing Smallville. (laughs) All five of you, okay. (laughs) I like it. Uh, My gone too soon is Blade, the series. On Spike TV. Uh, Yeah, um, at that point, was it still Spike? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it still Spike. Screened by Spike. Yeah, it was starring Kirk Jones, a.k.a. Sticky Fingers. From Onyx. Yeah, Clockers and Dead Presidents. Uh, Onyx, <laughs> Jill Wagner as Krista Starr. Um, she's the hostess from Wipeout. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she's also on Teen Wolf currently as Kate Argent, which I don't watch. Hey, it's a good show. Nelson Lee played Chen. He's some guy that plays a lot of parts. Uh, <laughs> Jessica Gower was a woman named Chase, another bit player, and Neil Jackson as Marcus Van Skyver, and he's from Flash Forward. Actually, um, he played Lucas Hellinger. Okay. For anybody that knows that show. Okay. Um, so, anyway, I just dropped the uh, okay. um, The story of Blade, um, his real name is Eric Brooks. It was first introduced, uh, Blade was first introduced in Marvel Comics' Tomb of Dracula series, issue number 10, back in 1973. The show itself, it did air on Spike TV, uh, started June 28th, 2006, and it ran through September 13th, 2006, for 12 whole episodes. A dozen. Yeah, yeah. A dirty dozen, actually. I <laughs> a bloody dozen sounds like. <laughs> um, the series, you know, it's just like the movie. The series is about the half-human, half-vampire, uh, vampire hunter named Blade, who's got all the attributes of the vampires, but none of the weaknesses, basically. And Except this, for the bloodlust. Exactly. Um, but he does... It, the interesting thing about the show is it does pick up after the Blade Trinity movie. So oh, Daystar, so that's, so that's yeah. in canon. Yeah, so Daystar um, did happen, but for whatever reason, it didn't move as quickly or kill as many vampires as they thought it would. Um, so that's where this is coming in. Um, so what we end up with is Krista Starr, the Jill, um, what did I say her name was, uh, the Jill Wagner character. Uh, Krista Starr returns to the military service in Iraq. She finds out that her twin brother, Zach, has died under some mysterious circumstances, um, and she begins investigating. It turns out that Zach was a familiar to this vampire leader, Marcus Van Skyver, and he runs the House of Cathan. And uh, along with this bitch in arms chase, that's basically the only thing she called her. I mean, it wasn't really his love interest. She just kind of bitched about everything and <laughs> looked sexy doing it, you know. Um, but Zach was also working for Blade and he was trying to infiltrate the house. Okay. Yeah. So Krista investigates. She ends up running into Marcus and eventually gets injected with Marcus's blood. So now she becomes a vampire, but Blade gets there just in time and gives her the serum that keeps him from getting the blood lust. Gotcha. So now they work together. They're trying to take down Marcus. And um, it, it involves more... What we find out the story is really about is that Marcus is being... Uh, is being... What's the word I want to... Employed by the purebloods to invent a serum that will allow them to be out in the daylight and not be victim to silver, et cetera, et cetera, that kind of stuff. But it turns out that Marcus actually wants the purebloods dead and he's trying to invent a virus called the Aurora Project that will actually kill all the purebloods and leave what they call the turnbloods 
alive. The okay. term bloods are people that are bitten and turned into vampires. Right. So you got all this going on. Um, so it's it's actually decent storytelling. There was just some good gore going in it. And by the last episode of the season, which they found out later was the end of the series. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> surprise, you no longer have a job. Um, <laughs> the pure, pure bloods learn that Marcus um, has this plan to kill them all. And they began to try and do something against Marcus, but then Blade, more by accident slash intention, ends up releasing the virus. And that does kill the, the pure bloods, but then it leaves a power vacuum because the turn bloods are still out there. Right. Um, Krista, something happened. Like she, I think she couldn't get the serum and then she stopped wanting it. So she kind of starts turning more malevolent and bloodthirsty. And she goes and finds uh, Chen that works with Blade and he's just a normal human. And she just nearly tortures him to death. Then she returns to the house of Kathan and then just starts beating the shit out of Chase. Um, because they hated each other, of course, as you imagine, two vampire women in the show. We've got to have a cat fight. Um, exactly. Uh, Blade and Marcus end up in a sword fight. Not that kind of sword fight. Uh, <laughs> there we there go. go. <laughs> and Marcus and Chase get away for another strike so that we're left with all this cliffhanger. You know, will Chen die? What's going to happen with Krista? Is Blade really ever going to improve his acting skills? I mean, you didn't have any of these answers, and then the show suddenly was gone. That's why I was, I'm, I was kind of surprised on two levels that you picked that. Number one, you've always talked about your disdain for Blade, the movie series. Right. So for you to pick the, the, the TV series, I'm like, what? Well, he is a Tomb of Dracula fan, so I guess that's what Well, I'm is. a Tomb of Dracula fan which, is the only fan, which is the only reason why I ever saw the movies at all and got disappointed by all of them. <laughs> um, the TV show, I guess, gave it a try more out of a, huh, it's on, but... Sticky thing is not only is he just a horrible, horrible actor. I mean, he he's worse than a poor man's Wesley Snipes. I mean, he just could not act. Wow. He couldn't even fight. He couldn't even do the fight scenes well. Um, but and the writers had to have known it. If you watch the show, you'll notice that he's almost not in it. I mean, he doesn't just make a random appearance, but it'll just be like, "Hey, Blade, how's it going?" Well, I, anyhow, here's Chris's story over here. <laughs> you know, so they they knew where the strengths were and where the and it wasn't just about the acting. His story's not interesting. I mean, there's really nothing interesting about Blade, especially following the movie version. Um, so that it was just like, well, he's kind of our catalyst for there being a story, but the real story was about Krista and what's going on with the vampire world. Right. Um, and in that way, it actually worked. And, and by the end of the last three episodes, you were like, okay, I can see where this is going. And, you know, I really was looking forward to a second, to a second season. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that, on top of that, Sticky Fingers being the um, Blade, I just always felt skeptical about that from the minute they they tried it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. It was definitely, definitely bad. And what year did this come out? Uh, 2006. Oh, goodness. Uh, the only cool part, I mean, cool part, too, is that uh, they would reference uh, some of the Marvel stuff every now and then. Uh, like, soon after she was, I think it was after she was turned, or maybe it was after she found out that Blade was a vampire first. But Krista asks if there are werewolves, and Blade just says, uh, my Mark, I mean, my colleague Mark Spector's realm of expertise as werewolves and Mark Spector is the Moon Knight uh, and Moon Knight was introduced in Werewolf by Night to fight werewolves that's where his introduction came oh wow from. okay reasons yeah. why re- reasons why I might find Moon Knight somewhat interesting yeah. somewhat uh, interesting I love Moon Knight and uh, Marcus Van Skyver um, that name is a tribute to the artist Ethan Van Skyver oh okay I, I love Ethan Van Skyver's work yeah no, he's, he's a good artist yeah you know so yeah, things like that you know but so I, like, so I enjoyed the show I, I do think it, it should have had a better run or a better actor we should have been yeah, better actor and better writing to clean it up, I think would have helped. Do you think if they would have went with a no name, they might have they might have been able to do it better? A no name actor for well, as- any actor that could act. I mean, but yeah, but I, I'm all for no names, you know, they can act, they can act. That's all I don't care if someone famous is in a movie. 
I mean, like in other words, if there are a really, really good actor or actress, like like for instance, I mean, even if it's not your cup of tea, you know, if Meryl Streep's in a movie, even if you don't like the movie that much, you know right. she's going to give a great performance. Right. You know, Tommy Lee Jones is going to give a great performance as long as it's not a Batman movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was a sucky Two Face. I don't care who says otherwise. Oh God. Uh, but you know what I'm saying. But then there's other people. It's like, well, if you're not one of these greats. I don't care who you are, as long as you just can give me the performance and and sell it like a real hero. Exactly, you know, <laughs> not being so campy about it. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Oh, I don't know about good stuff, but I mean, good good research, Mike. <laughs> I thought you were about to say good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say good riddance. <laughs> All right, R T Square. What do you got for your gone too soon? <laughs> Was that a puppy? I cry like a puppy now. You cry That's, like a bitch, according to Gigi. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound he makes afterwards. Uh, <laughs> but who's listening a minute after it started? <laughs> oh, God. I right, really Mike, just keep... deserved it, but don't bump. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here next week, too. <laughs> Try the VLP. Sure trip your, tip your waitresses. So trip, my... Trip your waitresses. Trip your waitress. That would be fun. <laughs> and don't forget to trip your waitress. <laughs> Come you here, better bitch. not, you son of a bitch. <laughs> kiss my grits. Oh, no, that's a, that, yeah, that's a waitress. Okay. Mel Sharpa, kiss my grits. <laughs> that's before Ralph's time. Yeah, he's, he's like, I don't know what they're talking about. Right. So my gone too soon is a look forward, or should I say flash forward? Boom, boom. So <laughs> well, um, you mean it's not it's the flash... Um, Everything having to do with the Flash, right? No, no, no. Oh, sorry, guys. Does it have to do with your usual thing of walking around the street naked with a trench coat? Uh, no, that's just that I do on the weekend for fun. Did, did uh. you give it six, six claws? No, actually, I gave this uh, five claws. Okay, so what is it about? <laughs> well, it's about uh, in a present time world where an event happens and everyone in the world loses consciousness for 137 seconds. Were they watching Batman with Michael Keaton? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it would have been longer than that. Yo, stop. I, for real, yo. You can cause me to come back on the show and raise some ruckus. For real. Shout out, so, Kev. <laughs> during the time that they lose consciousness, they get a glimpse of their own future six months in, uh, ahead. Nice. So when everyone uh, regains consciousness, you know, should, everyone's wondering, like, what the hell happened? What did I just see? Some people see... You know, some controversial say like they, uh, they might see themselves with another woman, maybe okay. a man you see, you know, cheating on your wife or you know something along the way. Like you, I don't know, you're like uh, nah, <clears throat> you might be like in the high roller suite because you're like a gambler or something. Okay. You finally hit it big or something. I wouldn't know how many guys actually just saw six months in the future and just saw themselves one handed typing in front of the internet with <laughs> the other hand doing we don't know what else, <laughs> massaging themselves. <laughs> They just woke up. Yep, that's probably what I'll be doing. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> so some people saw nothing. So for those because they were dead. <laughs> well, th- that was the assumptions. Like some uh, somewhere along the line, six months later, they would die. That's why they don't see anything. Okay. So, but um, uh, the story focuses on FBI agent uh, uh, Mark Bed- Benford and his uh, partner. Dimitri Flordis Noel. Well, that's a weird name. That is a weird name. I'm glad you, you're not friends with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's a guy. He's played by John Chow. Oh, okay. Did he flash forward six months in the future and see his name change? No. <laughs> no, actually, he saw nothing. <laughs> oh, wow. So the whole time, he's like wondering, am I going to die? Am I going to die? Am I going to die? Oh, wow. 
Um, so then, um, age, uh, Mark, Agent Mark Benford is played by Joseph uh, Fiennes. Fiennes? Mm-hmm. Fiennes? Fiennes. Fiennes. Right. So um, he's crucial to the investigation of what's going on because he actually, in his flash forward, he sees the work that they've done in the investigation. So like he he's looking at their crime board mm-hmm. they have. Oh wow, okay. So he's like, okay, so he's trying to recreate it. So he actually has like a, a jump in the investigation. Nice. Isn't that convenient? It's like, oh, I can figure out what happened because I've already done it. <laughs> <laughs> so the the whole thing since just like multiple watching the crying game. Oh, I bet you that's a man. <laughs> <laughs> there's like uh, there's a, a few stories that go on. Oh, by the way, it ran in uh, what year was this? 2009 to 2010 okay. and it had 22 episodes nice it was okay. on ABC. 22 that's a good number yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just saying continue Ralph so they had uh, the the show had many like multiple stories going on at the same time there was one that I remember that it was a guy saw himself uh, having like a lunch or a dinner with this girl okay. right a Japanese girl so throughout the whole thing he actually travels to the Japan to try and find her Mm-hmm. But she has the same flash forward, so she travels to the U.S. Oh. to try and find him, and eventually they meet each other in San Francisco. So, so did it turn out that it was really Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan after all? <laughs> or something? Like that. Wow! <laughs> and then, so as the story progresses, you you hear um, this um, sub, su- suspect zero, who apparently is the only person that didn't pass out because wow. he had a, a device that allowed him to stay conscious. Wow! So that means he knew it was coming. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then it, then they find out that there was a similar, smaller, more controlled event that happened in Africa. Mm. So, and that's why that's the progression. But then it turns out what it was, was a particle accelerator that was, when turned on, was some sort of modified particle accelerator that created this, like, field that allowed them to see uh, their glimpse into the future. Wow. And then the, the way that it ends, is just crazy because it's like a major cliffhanger. Like, they left it open-ended to see because the way it ends is just another they call it the event okay so just another event happens again wow and and then people are like unconscious and this when it happens it's actually six months later that's when the okay so basically by the time it ends they've caught up to the future glimpse that they've seen yeah so that man ever meet that Japanese girl yeah yeah. they they, they catch up with each other All right. I just just imagine the person that just was like I just saw six six, six months to the future what did you see and is this one better? <laughs> Close your left eye and look through. If you're like, oh shit! <laughs> but it was it was actually a pretty good series, and like the the stories were touching because especially there's one episode where um, John Child's character, he's pretty much uh, he's like fearless, pretty much because he's like I'm gonna die anyway, so might as well just risk my life. So um, he meets someone else who actually uh, reads when um he's gonna die so like because they see like he gets shot within this day and he finds out so when that day comes john tells like i'm gonna die anyway my future set in stone you know? oh wait wait i'm sorry he meets somebody that reads that john chow character has died yeah oh okay i'm sorry okay. sorry okay the confusion yeah so like he, he meets this person and tells him oh yeah in my flash forward i was reading the paper and i saw that you had died wow wow right, at this time so then he's like oh okay so he knows what day he's gonna die so when that day comes he's Pretty much feels like I'm gonna die anyway. And I forgot the, the exact situation. I think it was like a hostage situation or something. Oh, that happens. But it, spoiler alert: he ends up staying alive. So. Right. P- proving, proving that those that nothing set in stone. Right. But then um, there's one. Uh, also, I was about to say. I mean, 
why would you be running towards the moving bullet? I mean, like, you know, there's a hostage situation. Don't go. <laughs> or also, or How also, hard was that? Or also, you know, that, well, you know, that you, you don't have to die from being hit by a bullet. But you get hurt like, fuck. Yeah. You know, but apparently the way that he dies is that he saves another person's life. So that's why he's like, if I don't go, then this person's going to die. Well, then write a letter to their family. So sorry, but someone's going to die. I'm going to call out sick this day. <laughs> so then in, in also in the series, there's like this group of um, of people that come together. There, I forgot what they call themselves, but it's like they're basically all the people that just saw nothing. Okay. So they come together and it's pretty much like a, a, a fuck it, we're all going to die. Let's just do whatever the fuck we want group. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah so that's the anarchy that they were probably called. Yeah. They call it like a support group or whatever. <laughs> a support group quotes. <laughs> support group. Uh, supporting, group. yeah, we're we're supporting robbery, not caring, not giving a damn. No, they're pretty spreading much spreading like, like partying and whatnot. Oh, so, yeah. That's I figured. It was something like like a party atmosphere. Yeah, well, uh, it was, it was oh, wow. pretty good. Intro, but the, so just a collection of college students, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is one. Uh, the the main character's wife, um, Agent Mark Benford. Throughout the whole series, she's like sort of um, nervous because uh, what she saw, she saw herself with another man. Oh. So she don't know what what happens up to that point. Why she's with this other guy? Is she cheating on her husband? Did they break up or what? All right. You know. Look, all she needs to know from that vision is she just needs to shave the night before. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's, it's the pretty much the best news she's gotten. But yeah, it's a it's a pretty good series, and if you you have some time, you should check it out. All right. So there you have it. Three more shows that would go on our Scraps Network once we get it started. We should, um, what do they call that when they give you money for it? Kickstarter. Kickstarter. We yeah. should get um, Scraps Kickstarted. So there you go. Geeks on the go. All right. So um, here we go. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. And we never make it under a minute. But these guys try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 we, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? What we should do? Um, in, uh, I've noticed every every time we go like on break, we end up doing like a singing bid. <laughs> Thank goodness we didn't have anybody recording that. Oh yeah. Thank goodness for that one. <laughs> <laughs> if not, that would have been a record hit. I mean, come on, tons of money. <laughs> or maybe you get hit with a record. Either way. <laughs> you guys ready? Oh yeah. All yeah, right. What the hell? All right. Ready, set, and go. Theoretically. The DC Universe has a zombie on brick. Let's just say, and it's not the Blackest Night. Um, who would be the hero you feared to turn the most outside of Superman? Mike. Batman, because Superman's going to get infected from that blowjob anyhow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph. The Atom, because he'll be so small, it'd be impossible to chop off his head. <laughs> um, using the current Avenger movie lineup, who in the Avengers do you think gets the most, quote-unquote, tail? Ralph. Obviously, it has to be the Hulk. Come on. He just has to go up to the girls and be like, hey, baby, I'm Hulk-sized. Oh, God. Mike. <laughs> Thor, come on with that big hammer. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say something else. I'll wait for after the show. Um, if the Sinister Six, which is the Vulture, the, Vulture, the Goblin, um, Sandman, Doc Ock, Rhino, and Mysterio fought each other, who would win? Mike. Sandman, because getting sand in your underwear is going to stop that fight. <laughs> Ralph. Yeah, I have to go with Sandman. All he has to do... Aww. Aww. <laughs> but continue. All he has to do is just... I mean, he's fucking living land. Just turn the whole land against him. Against well, everybody. If he's living land, then he just has to worry about Lex Luthor starting up some land deal. <laughs> Superman movie. <laughs> well, thank goodness they don't live in the same universe. And finally, in honor of Black History Month, Darkseid, Martian Manhunter, and Panthro 
are all are, are pretty much assumed to be black characters. Which characters who are not already black do you consider black, Ralph? John Stewart. I mean, Black Panther. I mean, wait, there are more black characters. Mike. <laughs> gladiator from the Shi'ar Empire. I mean, come on. He's got the Mr. T haircut and everything. <laughs> and he's badass, too, the way he runs the Shi'ar Empire. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny? I always wanted Gladiator to get a bigger part, a bigger role in the government, and now that he's bigger in the comic book, I'm like, eh. Yeah, I mean, well, they took away what made Gladiator great. They just made him a politician now. Yeah, I mean, basically. That, that's all he is. You know? <laughs> uh, he's, uh, just, he's, he's, like, he's like Obama of the Shi'ar Empire. <laughs> gladiator care. <laughs> So there you have it for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy at RT Square, Ralph the Tech. This is your cap, not the cap, saying keep it geeky. And um, if we see you next week, we might have some stuff about Walking Dead. Ooh.